Look at this. We're back. We're looking back at better than ever. We have a new overlay. We have a opening video specific to this program. Moving up in World Oracle. How are you feeling tonight, pal? Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, I'll be eating a Hardy's meal. Yeah. So apologies for my typical smacking. And of course, I was, uh, you know, late traditional uh, as yeah. usual. You know, that's, that's become a you know, fashion of mine. Fashionably late would probably be the better term. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's all those, you know, there to be creative meetings you're having to come in and out of, right? Yeah, it makes it really, yeah. makes it like kind of challenging. Uh, how does it feel to get the big, the big intro treatment from the great confirmed shoot Oracle? It feels special. It um, does, right? It does. Feel special. Feel, you know, I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm important now. Finally. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> to quote um, shoot, Oracle deserves it, which is a good sentiment. I agree with that absolutely. Um, before we get into our usual show, I want to show some love to the pal, JJ, who sent in a super grin. He says, and I quote, um, Oh, how the month of June for WCW is quite incredible. Indeed. We'll get into that. The fact how good it gets so quickly from the months of February and March. Grand American Bash was tremendous. And I need Oracle's best dusty impression for the lady in the men's toilet pop. Um, Oracle, would you like to do that now or later? We'll do it later when we talk about the match. Okay, good. All right, okay, there you go, Jaji. You will get the impression. Um, indeed, though, one of the big topics of today will be just the general shift in WCW. And, you know, it's quite the month for them. If you would like to send a super chat the way that, or a super grin the way that JJ just did, you can do so at streamlabs.com slash late night grin. Um, we always appreciate those. We get all of that, that money. It's not nearly as confusing as Twitch, which I'm still figuring out what that even means, getting paid by Twitch. There's like a threshold. There's many different things going on, but I think I figured it out. So either way, we appreciate the support. Okay. It's been a while, Oracle, mm -hmm. right? We, we, you know, we, we decided we were going to kind of give ourselves a little bit of breathing room there after the first kind of season or portion, whatever you would like to call it, of the Monday Night Wars. Um, June is a pivot month in every which way. Before we get into that, though, let's try as best we can, um, even though, you know, it's hard to cover so much. Set the scene for where we're at heading into this month because it has been a while. So kind of catch everyone out on the, the immediate happenings before we get into the month itself. Yeah, so um, in terms of WWF, they're kind of wrapping up their their spring programs. Um, you know, King of the Ring was kind of their, you know, it was really a big five show at the time. Um, so, the, you know, they, 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 you know they're, they're wrapping up the Sean Davy Boy program. Um starting to really push those mid carters um and austin and and marrow and whatnot um you've got taker mankind feud they finally got their match with king of the ring and that and that becomes you know they're really kind of you know they built to that match all spring you know finally getting the first match there um you know just just kind of like sort of finalizing those spring programs and then sort of jumping right into the summer uh, headstrong in a lot of ways. Um, Vader's kind of already already starting to get kind of, mm -hmm. you know, elevated a little bit more. Um, he's he's kind of being shuffled around in the King of the Ring tournament, but you know he's they're they're kind of setting him up for you know Sean's next opponent, whatnot. Yeah. Um, ECW is is really kind of really ramping up their summer. Hardcore Heaven was a huge show. Talk about that uh, a lot tonight. 
um, their best show in a long time, uh, not even just in terms of match-wise. In fact, there wasn't a lot of – there really wasn't much great matches at all on that show, but in just in terms of energy and story and, and mm-hmm. sort of ECW-ness, it was, it was kind of peak. Um, and uh, so that, that's a major, major show and, and kind of gets a lot of very famous and infamous things rolling. Um, WCW, of course, um, you know, we talked about uh, in May, which was a few months ago now, um, Hall coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the first week Nash comes in, and we'll, and we'll cover that greatly here. Um, just basically the pieces sort of being put together for the NWO angle. Yeah. Um, there's already kind of some teases for the Hogan tilt, for the Hogan turn, even. Um, it was clear that that was kind of being muddled around. No one just really believed it. And it wasn't mm-hmm. really the type of, wasn't really, I don't even know what to say. It wasn't even like on everybody's like top list, right? It was just kind of yeah. like a name that was being thrown around, but it is, it, you know, he is teased somewhat in, on TV. So it's just, it's a lot of that, but I don't know. You just feel like when you watch WCW, um, everybody's kind of motivated and, and, and yeah, it's finally clicking. There's, clicking, there's, so there's a vibe to mm-hmm. it, you know, the two hour nitros ended up kind of being a huge benefit. Um, yes. And there, things are really clicking. Um, and of course, the horsemen sort of get rearranged in an all-time great angle, and, and and we'll talk about that tonight as well. Um, Absolutely. So gotta, yeah, got to definitely give Mongo some love since I know he's yeah not doing it's, well. It's a bummer, man. It really yeah. is. Um, <clears throat> we will get to that very shortly. Immediately, so in fact, because WCW won last time. I believe they took the last two weeks there of the month, uh, but they're about to become much, much more uh, dominant than that. Clean sweep here for WCW. They actually managed this before, I believe it was December of 95, I want to say it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has to be said, this is a very different kind of um, you know, kind of uh, role they're on here. This is a very different shape they're taking. It's about to be some iconic professional wrestling television. It already kind of is at this point. Clean sweep for WCW, so let's get into it. We start mm-hmm. with them. June 96, of course, their event for the month, Great American Bash 96. Now, this is a great show with many happenings, but I do think in history, the angle within the show is the real kind of, um, the headline stealer, I think it's fair to say. So, with that in mind, let's start there. Um, We will get to the angle itself, but first, let's go a little bit before that and talk about Kevin Nash's debut. You gave his effort the best promo. Obviously, there is one particular line that is kind of infamous, but it's a great moment. Uh, and we'll get to the pay-per-view in a second. But firstly, let's start with Nash's debut, staying alongside Scott Hall, which is really, as you said, kind of the center of everything WCW here for June 96. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, things get really interesting and exciting almost immediately in June. So on June 3rd, Hall comes back the next week, and Stink confronts him. The announce table. There's this great exchange between the two. You know, where Hall's talking smack and Sting's like, I'm right here. Let's go to the ring. 
Paul throws his toothpick at him. Bischoff's in the middle, you know, trying to. Mm-hmm. And Sting slaps the absolute shit out of Hall. Um, and so we get that. And, uh, and of course, Hall goes, I've got a big surprise next week. You know, to tease, uh, to tease Kevin Nash. So on June 10th. Nash is the big surprise, and as and as uh, Joe put here on the, uh, you know, from the chat, uh, look at the adjective, play. <laughs> Do you think he regrets that every day? Because I would. It would make me so mad, dude. <laughs> they replay it so often too, you know. I know. It's, it's a great promo. He makes these great, like, great Kevin Nash lines about and you know, making fun of old people and yeah. Um, just a just a group and it just feels it's it's crazy like i can't imagine being a fan at the time 96 particularly a fan of like shoot or my brother's age who was like a teenager and had been watching yeah. all this shit and then you're like uh like mm-hmm. holy shit you know like it, it it was just those first few weeks are executed so well um just just a great great couple of segments uh in the first few weeks of june how much do you think like the effectiveness of this angle was rooted in the fact that Nash and Hall really did feel some type of way about WCW, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a lot of things. Firstly, the way they'd been used when they were there, but mm-hmm. there was also definitely this perception like we were the real wrestling company over in WWF. Look, these clowns over here—they can't get anything right, you know. Like, there's a and it's still to this day. If you hear Nash and Hall talk about, well, you had you know Hall talk um, previously and Nash to this day. Um, you still hear they like they're WWF guys deep down, hilariously. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. That's palpable when you get these promos, right? Very much so. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, sorry, folks, I have stuffing these fries down. <laughs> I don't pace myself very well when I eat. That's fine. Would you let me feel dead air for you while you while you click yourself. Uh sure. I, w- I was going to say that my best friend's dad once told me he said it's not going anywhere. What are you doing? Yeah, well, it's like, yeah, pretty cold, yeah. though, right? <laughs> True. Um, by the way, folks, if I sound, do I sound like normal? If not, I will tell. I have a fan here next to me, um, as opposed to all the great fans of late night green, like an actual fan. It's very hot in Great Britain, Oracle. Not nearly as hot as I'm sure it is for you, but we what aren't used there? to. It, you know? What is it there so I can laugh? So, I'm not. No, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> it's hot, man. It's hot. <laughs> well, let me just say, last Friday was 106 degrees. The heat index was. Yeah, I think we're edging at like 90. It's so, pretty hot. I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll you remember too, like, I ain't, I ain't built for this, man, you know? Yeah. Like, I hide from it. But I sound, I sound fine. JJ says, okay, okay, good. So, carry on, or as you were about the, mm-hmm. the outsiders and that kind of beef within the actual angle yeah. itself. You can, you can kind of, they were there to get paid, man. And like, it's weird because they always crack me up, especially Nash. Like, I hated Nash when I went back and watched this stuff when I was a teenager. But now I've gotten older, like, it's just funny. Yeah. Like all these segments that come out in 96, 97, 98 or whatever and they're just like making jokes and like I I can't wait to talk about Halloween Havoc just cuz Kevin Nash beating up Randy Savage at the Slim Jim is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> like, he just he they're just dicking around the whole time and it fucking rules, but at the same like there's which ultimately I think is was kind of yeah, it was it was the the murder weapon in a lot of ways. I think it I was, really do. It was 
to be fair, I think the intention was to create NWO fans. Mm-hmm. But I think they kind of went too far in that direction. A bit, yeah. Which is why the wolf pack and stuff was... And then you're like, you know, having Luger and Sting join them, and it's just like, you made them too popular. Um, yeah. Too likable, even, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Hogan, everybody hated Hogan. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, that's true. But the wolf pack everybody loved, you know. Yeah. Um, and that because you remember when, like, later on in 97, when Hall's doing the surveys... Mm-hmm. And like, Who's here to see the NWO? Yeah. And they're like everybody in the building is. Yeah, all because Kevin Nash went to see Heat and decided that it's okay if villains are popular. Remember, that's that's his explanation. He explains that everyone who went to the cinema wanted wanted De Niro to win, so it was okay. He could be a, a babyface as a heel in wrestling. <laughs> that fucking rules. I'm fine. <laughs> I respect it. I do. I respect it. Um, it's interesting. I don't know the. Like, you kind of captured it. It's very conflicting for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I have fun with it, and it pops me, but I also... It's kind of a bummer how, like... It's it's actually more fun to... It's it's more enjoyable to see those small parts in hindsight now, I think. Yeah, I think so. Of course, you and I weren't watching it, but still, my point is, is, like, to get... But, like, at the time, I feel like I would have been furious at that shit. Yeah, I also think... if I was my age now, like, I would probably still get a kick out of some of it. Yeah. But, like... Yeah, you and I would get real mad about it. Yeah. Could you imagine? I was oh, doing post shows, immediate post shows afterwards, getting real mad about it. Um, so nonetheless, Nash is here, and that sets up the the angle of the month for WCW. Pretty famous one on pay-per-view um, with Bischoff, and it's a dramatic scene, right? It's one of the kind of first big-time moments um, for the Outsiders angle. It's about on the NWO angle. Um, talk us for it. Angle of the month, poor Eric Bischoff, who... Eventually is, you know, uh, alongside these gentlemen. But here he takes the the fame kind of stunt bump through the, uh, the staging there at, at the pay-per-view. Just talk me through it, pal. Um, I'll say this as an allusion to what we get to later in July. And I always think it was a credit to them. Bischoff joins them at Bash of the Beach, right? Yes. Behind the scenes. Yes. yes. Which- I, I believe – I forget what the timeline is in kayfabe of when, though, because is it, is it Bash or is it later? I think it's it's got to be Bash because remember he's he's not at the Bash and they don't know where he is. Yeah, and yeah, then he I claims he was right. in meetings or whatever. So oh, that, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's when he joined them. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> remember, because after that the Disney tapings, he's like there some weeks and he's not others. Yeah, and they don't know where he is. Like it was yeah. it was clear it was clear they had already like so this was kind of the last time that Bischoff was like not with them. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. we'll get to it in, in probably not until November fully, but <clears throat> does he ever explain how he joined up with him back in July? See, this is the thing. It's the Piper feud when it happens on TV, right. and they definitely do explain it. Here we go. Joe has the answer. I think he said that after Great American Bash, they approached him, and he realized joining them was the only way. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Joining them and, was and, the and only Big way. And right. He, he joins – he joins – I think I think the I think it was the go home Nitro World War Three. Yeah, I think it's yeah, in that stretch. Yeah, um, like November eleventh or something. I think it was the okay. week. I think it was the week after Pillman uh, after 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 Pillman's got a gun. Wow, really? I think yeah, I think it was. The That'll week be a hell of an episode. I know um, the Piper's around. That's my try. I know for sure he's around. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was that because Piper was the one who like outed him. Yes. Remember? Yeah. 
Piper, you are whatever you know, Piper with his. That's pretty good. We're jumping way ahead, but it's just, I was just, it was just a side because I was thinking, obviously, he's still, but anyways, this angle, this angle is crazy because they do it so well. Bischoff ends up inviting them. Uh, the week Nash shows up, he invites him. Yeah. To, uh, to the bash. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, he says, you know, well, I, I can get my three guys or whatever. And so, because, you know, they're already alluding that they have a third guy. Yes. So they had this promo and B Bischoff calls him out or whatever and says, you know, I got these three guys. This match is signed for Bash at the Beach or whatever. And he won't, he won't give them the three guys, which they haven't even been announced yet, but he, but he, but, you know, he wouldn't tell them anyways. Because I think there's like a list of six guys, and uh, he won't. He won't, and Hogan's one of them, by the way. Um, it's Hogan, Flair, Giant, Sting, Savage, Luger, the six guys, which have been, which makes sense. The top six mm -hmm. guys that they basically built the whole company around since yeah. Nitro started. Absolutely. Um, but um, and of course the, the Hall and Nash are mad that they won't. Like, oh, so you're going to try to play us now? And they attack them. Gets kicked in the stomach. Great call by Dusty and, and Tony. Um, he gets powerbombed off the stage to their table, which is insane. It's 1996. Yes, yeah. Like, insane angle. Crazy. The fans are going crazy. Um, Dusty Rhodes is – Dusty's great. They're, like, Tony and, and Dusty are both – Dusty's, like, really good because, like, Dusty's all, like, sh like, shook up and stuff and, like, Cause like Luger comes out, Luger's like looking around the, down at the stage, like wow, you know, mm -hmm. like crazy, and like because you know this is right before the main event of Luger and Giant, yeah. And Dusty's like trying to like send it. He's he said he tries to send it over to David Penzer, and then he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, Michael Buffer." He's like all like shaking. Yeah. Oh, it's just like an actual happening. It feels yeah, like the show yeah, has been exactly, broken yeah. by this. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's so well done. Um, crazy, crazy scene. Um. Like, you know, Oracle, that's what you call it, a wrestling angle. Yeah, that's exactly what you call a wrestling angle. Especially when format, especially you know? when the announcers treat it like one. Yeah. And, uh, well, especially when the other wrestlers treat it like one. That's really one's key. When yeah. Lex Luger's it coming out in his world title match and he's nervous and looking down on the stage, that's an angle. Um, companies today could do that. Um, but yeah. in your case... <laughs> Both companies, to be fair, um, just wrestling, to be honest. Yeah, man. yeah, wrestling, wrestling in general, wrestling in general. Absolutely. Um, just, a, just an incredible angle, though. Um, and again, I always try to put myself in that moment. I'm like, man, if I'm 16, 17 years old, I'm 15, I'm losing my fucking mind. Yeah. Like, holy shit! Like, this, this yeah. feels like an actual like invasion angle. Yeah, the first, the actual invasion stretch of it is probably the best wrestling angle ever. Oh, absolutely. Now, granted, you know, they kind of, they kind of harm the legacy slightly, well, more than slightly. They do some damage to the legacy and the stuff that follows the, the kind of pure invasion element, but mm -hmm. the actual invasion itself, the outsider's kind of dynamic is magnificent. Um, okay, anything else on the big angle that we, you know, just overall the, Teasing a third man, or are we ready to, to move on? Obviously, it's the kind of centerpiece this time, but they, Hall and Nash take shots at Hogan during this period. They make yeah. fun of him a couple times. Not as much they as the other guys, but they I, didn't know. They didn't right? know. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, yeah. I think 
I don't even think Hogan was an option until probably after the bash, right? Yeah. Or was it right around the bash? I don't well, know because right around, the, right around the Great American Bash, to be clear. I want to. What is the consensus story at this point? Because I know Hogan has tried to claim that he actually pitched himself and said, it's me, brother, which I don't I don't know if anyone else has co-signed that. I think that's just – Kevin Sullivan told a story of, like, holding him hostage at his house so that he wouldn't go go back on the uh, idea. Nitro, yeah. Yeah, so in, – uh, in, in the in – the, uh, or rather the book Nitro, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Um, what does it say in Nitro about whose, whose idea it was? Do you remember? Was it Eric's? I think it was Eric's. Yeah, because Sting was the Sting was gonna be the other guy, yeah. just in case Hogan backed out, and like that's where the story of Sullivan holding Hogan hostage that weekend, in his house in Jackson was it Jacksonville or whatever? Or yeah, Daytona. Was Daytona. Hogan's yeah. handlers would get involved. Was his fear, right? So mm-hmm. Sullivan just kept him kept him close by, so you know no one could contaminate the angle, brother. That's pro wrestling. That's right great meta too. Like yeah, the Dungeon of Doom, Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> I'm going to keep Hogan. Do you imagine being that pizza delivery driver? (laughs) Dropping off Sullivan and Hogan in there? Very confusing. But nonetheless, um, (laughs) it is the centerpiece of this month, but there's a lot going on in WCW. This stick with Grand American Bash, the month's best match is featured here too. A very famous match. Kind of the the symbol of the whole concept, really, in a lot of ways, or one of them anyway. Dean Malenko. Rey Mysterio, this is Rey's debut, which is always like, mm-hmm. you know, quite the fault when you're hitting a grand scheme. Obviously, we've been covering him regularly on the show for ECW, but WCW debut. Talk about the match itself and also Dean's kind of developing role as um, like the the kind of technician that was like the, the centerpiece of the division for, for much of its existence, honestly. Talk about this whole picture here. Go ahead. So <clears throat> the first sort of like super famous cruiserweight match was in may on yes. worldwide i believe so tani was the first cruiserweight champion or the reinvented mm-hmm. lightweight title now known as cruiserweight title and uh Blanco had a famous match with otani on worldwide where he beat him um and of course you know he, he became cruiserweight champion and um he was a smart guy to anchor it because I don't love Malenko, though I do like him. I just right. think he kind of has like a – he's a very good like – he has this base of like what he does in his matches. There are certain things that irks me about him, like kicking out of near falls before they're kicked out of. I don't know if, I don't know if, you've, if you've ever noticed that. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you like him more than me, brother. <laughs> like he, he – he, he, or like doing mat work that doesn't look that very hurdy at all. Um. Because he was just trying to live his gimmick or, you know, work his gimmick, which I, I can appreciate. But, like, sometimes he just would struggle with that a little bit, I think. Um, not so much in, like, he would just try to find something to do on the heat segment and be like, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my issue with, with this match in a way. It's a great match. Oh, yeah. Only because of Ray so spectacular, right? And, and he really changed the game with the Cruiserweights when he came in. Just changed um, wrestling and, and, and psych and, yeah. and, and Hoovy came in and followed after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He, he absolutely changed wrestling. He's one of the I mean, we talk about this all the time. Ray Mysterio had an excellent match with Finn Balor last night. I don't know if you yeah, saw he's it. So but, good. You know, he, yeah. he and Finn had a great match last night. You know, mm-hmm. great TV match. Did you see it? Yeah, and he was I love Finn. He was the better worker in the match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how good he is, dude. He's oh, I know, yeah. He's, you know, 
like Ray's just incredible, man. And and uh, yeah. I mean, just just the way just the way he would like his high flying and just he was just spectacular. That's just, that's just a word to use, really. Very unique. And sure. just the way his timing has always been just he he might have he's like timing up there all time great in terms of that just just hit, when when to hit his spots when to sell when to come back like this match is kind of within like the message board circles is kind of a mixed bag in terms of its 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 acclaim mm-hmm. uh I, I know my uh my brother dylan kind of falls in, in the and i'm there i'm not quite as severe on it as he is in a way but Malenko works the arm in that match and it frustrates a lot of people because and that's where I go in pulling back to where I think Malenko was just trying to like be the man of a thousand holds and just thought, oh, I'll work yeah. the arm and do a bunch of stuff that with that when it made more sense to work the leg. But to be fair, race selling was great. Malenko did do some good stuff on the arm work. Oh, he's right. Think- you know, Ray sold his arm when he was running the ropes and shit like right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't. It was just, it was just a part of me feels like it's nitpicky, but the thing is, I think there's pushback when it comes to Malenko because there is a perception that he was like this absolute wizard on the mat. Mm-hmm. And I think the pushback is because if you watch his work, to me, he is at his best when he is like purely basing for a guy like Ray and going in the sequences and it like him just mm-hmm. being on the mat. Like, I don't think. I don't just I just don't see him that way. And a history definitely has framed him as being that dude. Like he's right. like the ultimate technician. I just don't think he ever really was that. But I don't know. Right. That's part of it. That's why we mm-hmm. need to be, I think. But I don't know. I mean, he was a great base for Ray. Oh, amazing. Yeah, he's one of the best I mean, He could set up, you know, for Ray's spots incredibly. Yes. He's he's a good wrestler, right? It's mm-hmm. just I think there's oh, yeah. folks like myself nitpick because he's always cited as like the, the Matt wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like when a guy today, a perfect example. This is a little modern talk, and we'll get back on track. But a couple of years ago, when Drew Gulak was rolling in the cruiserweight division, how many times did you have to read Oracle? Oh, he's like Dean Malenko. It's like, bro, Drew actually does that shit on the ground. <laughs> like, yeah. like well, he's you know, really you know, that way. You know? here's, here's another match. Jamie Noble and Ray, the one we watched on Velocity, oh, yeah. on, on this very show, or well, not this very show, but on, on Grindication. Um, Noble works the arm, right? Yeah. But you believe it because Jamie Noble had a run as James Gibson in Ring of Honor, you know, mm-hmm. killing on the mat, and you know, you you, you can you can oh, buy Jamie Noble a little bit more. Great on the mat. wrestler, great mm-hmm. great wrestler. By the way. Oh, his run in Ring of Honor is incredible. He's we'll never cover him on this show, right? Well, I guess two thousand we might mm-hmm. we get some we get some. Um, he's genuinely one of the most like underrated wrestlers of the last mm-hmm. like thirty years, right? He has to be. He's he's best. He was spectacular, dude. He really was. Um, Another thing with. Again, I, I apologize for talking with my mouth open with food, but another thing. Sorry, uh, very long day at work, folks. Um, you could go. But the thing with Malenko, he was an excellent tag worker. I think too. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. And especially that uh, Benny tag team in '99. <laughs> but um. He he just he, and it's true. You know he worked really well with the cruiserweights, um, lucha guy specifically. Yes. Though I like the disco match, and, and we'll talk about that. At, you know when we when we cover July, but um, he just 
the thing that bugs me the most with him is he would he would like in the finishing sequences. Yeah. He depends on who he wrestles. I think sometimes the better workers might kind of mm-hmm. keep him from doing as much. But when he kicks out of his own pin attempts, drives he's just thinking nuts. in the next. He's thinking in the next spot, and he's going. Oh and he's God, going. it makes me. Yeah, it's rough. How, it took me a while to catch that, but somebody pointed it out one time on the message board years ago, and I started, and I was like, oh, I've noticed it, and I can't not notice it now. It's one of those deals that once you see it, you're fucked, right? Yeah. Like, it'll ruin it. It's kind of like when you – I mean, I know it's it's pretty blatant, but, like, when you first catch that first time you see Cena or Becky or whoever, like, yelling spots. Yeah. Let's be, a little, one, but like a lot of people, like Punk, especially in WWE, you're terrible at it. When you catch him yelling spots, you're just like, oh, yeah. Like, no, no, you can't miss it. Does shoot like Dean Malenko? I'm not sure. I like Dean. I probably like him the best out of everybody. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I mean, he wasn't like. <laughs> there was a famous year in PWI where he won number one. It was like '97. That was when the industry died. <laughs> Never recovered. Never return. Just crazy. Nah, no, in all seriousness, like incredible ninety-seven. In all seriousness, he's a good wrestler. He is a lot of out of criticism in response to the narrative around him, which isn't his fault, right? He was fucking being a wrestler, so right. I, you know, all love to Dean. There's a right. lot of pieces of shit. All in all, we're like being mean to Dean Malenko. Um, yeah, yeah. But, we were assholes. We've accepted that. Right, 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 exactly. Dean seems like good people. The match, right? like, the match yeah. was great. It was a pivotal match in wrestling history because it was like. Crowd got super into it. The commentary were losing their minds over it. Like, and they have an excellent rematch the next night on Nitro. It's mm-hmm. arguably just as good. Oh, they get their money's worth out of the matchup, don't they? They run that oh, thing yeah. back. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm about to watch Clash uh, from August, from August, and that's the opener of the show. Yeah. So, comes a famous pairing, right? It does. Um, it does. Okay. Speaking of famous pairings. One of the pay-per-views, big matches, Flair and Arn are together. Up against Mongo and Kevin Green. We talked about this build, right? Last time, I remember you were very fired up. There's a lot going on here. There's a big angle at the end, which you've alluded to. Uh, Heenan is back at ringside for the final time of, uh, of I guess, for the final time in WCW, right? How would you explain that? Because he manages I'm in sorry. Ring of Honor. This one? Did you read the comment? LNG ah. is the Seinfeld wrestling podcast. Awful people, but you can't stop watching. That's that's very layered. I don't know how I feel about that, but fair. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, accurate, right? Accurate. Right. Um, there's a lot going on here. Heenan is at ringside for the last time in WCW. He does. He manages in Ring of Honor, right? But like, on a, like on a big time national stage, this is his last time really managing. Um, we've loved Ring of Honor. Uh, so there's a lot going on. Big build, big angle at the end. Flair is, you know, this is all like the end of his business with Savage. This, and I can't remember how they do anything after this. I know this feud ends around here, though. Um, talk us through it best you can, Oracle. There are many, many moving pieces, so explore it however you choose. Go ahead. So this match rules. Yes, accurate. It's actually, look, it's super fun. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. it's like a total blast to watch. Um, the crowd's like Kevin Green and Flair have these incredible exchanges <laughs> where like he's like you know doing like shoulder tackles and running football yeah. runs and shit and like 
players like Shelling and Kevin Green does a strat at one point, and the crowd is losing their mind. <laughs> players' reactions are incredible. Um, Arn does Arn's a pro, and you know does his best to keep it together with these guys, and and Mongo just has like this ball of energy. God bless him. He's not coordinated at all in the ring, but he just has this, he has this infectious energy really in a lot of, I mean, he really does like, mm-hmm. and his efforts always there. He wasn't really that bad in this match. There's, there's, you know, he was, he was fine here. Kevin green. I legit thought had, had some wrestling chops on him. He was an that, actual, dude, yeah. that dude could work for, 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 for a celeb worker. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he could, he could, you know, he, he has, he brought some energy of his own by the way mm-hmm. too. Good Lord. Yeah, he did. <laughs> He's fired yeah, he up, did. right? Yeah, he was. He was like, he could cut a promo. Just like it wasn't even like a. He just had this wrestling promo voice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but listen, finish. All-time. Incredible. Yeah, all time great. Agreed. Flair gets Kevin Green in the figure four. Kevin Green can't get out of figure four. He's not a you know he's not a trained wrestler. They put over the hold or whatever. Mongo's out there getting distracted, and it's yeah. At one point in the match, Deborah, Deborah, and um, Kevin Green's wife get run off by a woman and Elizabeth. Pop. And uh, Deborah McMichael comes back out with a Halliburton briefcase. Comes up, Mongo's out there. She gives it to him. He opens it up. Tons of money, all green. And I love it. <laughs> He doesn't. He doesn't immediately. He doesn't immediately do it, right? Which, 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 which is what makes it. He does it quickly, but there's, you, you, you have to put a little bit of doubt in there, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, "What well, are you sure?" But like, there was like, "Yeah, take it." And they have arguing there for like, but you know, a little bit, minute or so. Mongo takes the briefcase sort of reluctantly and looks at Kevin Green, and Kevin Green's like calling out for Mongo, Mongo. Help me! What are you doing? And he fucking claw, and he decides to take the money, getting paid off. And of course, when he opens the briefcase, there's the horseman shirt too, which mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah. He can be a member of the horseman with all that money. Don't want to forget that because that's critical. Because he gets the horseman shirt and then the money. And Deborah's like, "You got to take it. You got to take it. You got to take it." You know, Mongo fucking wails Kevin Green with the Halliburton briefcase. And I think he gets pinned right in the in the figure four or whatever, or, or he gets Flair pins him or something. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and the end of the match, Mongo is kind of like, well, I like because they play it so well, like it's believable because yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you know, he he, he you believe it because he would take the money, mm-hmm. the horseman, but at the same time, there's some reluctance because Green's his friend, but at the same time, his wife's telling him to do it. Yeah, he just and makes like, a choice. You, yeah, don't say, you, know, you, you don't say no to your wife when it comes mm-hmm. to your career and money and whatever, you know. That's that's kind of how they're playing off of. And um, they end up beating up Kevin Green in the post-match, and, and Randy Savage, I think, comes out. Because, you know, Savage is at ringside with, with Green and Mongo, and Savage gets beat up too, and Mongo hits Savage with a briefcase, and Mongo shakes the horseman guy's hand, and then, even shakes Heenan's hand and everybody's and Tony Schiavone and Dusty are going crazy on commentary and <laughs> just an unbelievable angle. And of course we have the newest iteration of the horseman, which is uh Flair, Arn, Benoit, and Mongo. 
And look, no. mixed results, but that is a famous version, right? It because is. it's yeah. the, I think everyone thinks that is the Nitro version. You know, bless Pillman, he's, he's gone so quickly from the group. So I always think that this is the Nitro version. Um, yeah, this is a blast, man. <laughs> this is a great example of like what you and I are alluding to and referencing when we talk about the greatness of WCW. Like, this is such a distinctly WCW situation. The way it all comes off, the way it feels. Mm -hmm. Absolutely awesome. Um, tremendous, tremendous stuff. So uh, great. I guess the phrase would be sports entertainment. I don't know, man. I just think it's good old-fashioned pro wrestling, to be honest with you, all right? Great, great, great angle. Awesome. Yeah, just a great pro wrestling angle. Um, okay. How – remind me, Flair and Savage, when does that – actually conclude is that is that their last note together or do they go on and do stuff on tv because I, I can't remember they end up having a couple of matches on tv of course um, makes sense <laughs> including one where like savage like throws the money out or whatever i can't remember which one that is i think it's in june actually it might they be wrestled so much i think it is this month in the first like, they have, like, the final months. match it's pretty decent mostly matches they're decent, trying to wrap it up before What's their best one turns. in WCW? What's their best match? Because they wrestle a lot when Savage comes. That first 18 months of Savage run, they wrestle all the time. I actually like their matches in 95 a good bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not like great, but they're fun. They're always a good I time. I remember watching like, the lifeguard match, whatever it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just fun because it's just so <laughs> That's silly. That's the one where... Um... Like they shoot they, at the end. There's the big finish where on like goes behind the referee's back and hits his DDT, and Savage just kicks out and beats Flair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the thing. All of the matches are fun, but I ask because they wrestled a lot without having like a like obvious classic in WCW to me. Um, I don't know. So would would you say any of their WCW matches reached the heights of the WrestleMania match? Not right. Unless I'm mis unless I'm misremembering. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's a memorable rivalry to me because I love this particular time, this little middle ground, and they wrestle so often in that middle ground. It, it really is um, it really is fun. Okay. All right, we have uh, up next, let's stick with the horseman. We just talked about him. Uh, Dungeon of Doom drama is continuing. Let's get more specific. Um <laughs> Let's navigate this best we can. Unfortunately, right? a, 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 a relevant topic in some way. Indeed. Unfortunately, a recurring subject, especially in our <laughs> circle, which I don't know how I feel about. But nonetheless, <laughs> there is a very famous Chris Benoit, Kevin Sullivan uh, ordeal. Um, they wrestle the pay-per-view in the Falls County Anywhere match. There is a particular call of that, which JJ requests you do, which I'm sure you'll get to momentarily. But <clears throat> talk about this whole picture and then this focus in, again, um, as carefully as we can, on the sure. Benoit-Sullivan pieces of this. So essentially um, – whole angle sort of starts with like Sullivan doesn't think Benoit's a, a a worthy person to be in the horseman and like the horseman and the dungeon are still kind of working together and Arn sort of plays along with Sullivan. So leading into this match, like Arn's kind of like teasing that he's like on Sullivan's side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> so that's basically what it is. And, and Benoit takes, you know, doesn't really like Sullivan, you know, saying he's not good enough to be in the horseman, so on and so forth. So we get that. Um, they have some heated brawls or whatever, and including, uh, I think it was Slamboree. No, it's at some point, 
Uh, I think it might have been after this match. At some point, a uh, woman gets involved and, and you know, so on and so forth. I won't go too deep into that. But <clears throat> I think, you know, but the match itself is good. It's fun. Yes. Uh, they ball all over the arena. Crowd's hot. Um, I think their San Francisco match is better, actually, with Jacqueline involved. Mm-hmm. Jacqueline and woman have this great, like, side brawl going on. I don't know if you remember that, but, like, yeah. they're fucking, like, brawling ruled. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. I, know, I just I know the chats. I just I'm sorry, Oracle. I don't mean to be straight. I, I do remember it. Yes, I. Look, this but, stuff's this good stuff. A lot of this yeah. stuff is unfortunately um, it's you know. This, but the commentary is really like the highlight of this match. Yes, I think the match is overrated a little bit. Um, again, I think the San Francisco match is better. But like yeah. this, it's a it's a fun match, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. And. Uh, <laughs> They're brawling, they go and brawl into the bathrooms and they go and they're in the men's room, right? And they're brawling around the yeah. urinals and stuff. And these fans are excited, they're all coming in after him. So this woman just is like is in the bathroom just cheering, and Dusty sees it and goes, There's a lady in the men's bathroom. <laughs> oh no. Did you see that, Tony? He's so excited, dude. He's like a little kid. It pops him so much. <laughs> he starts, he starts like howling and like freaking out and like, yeah. hey, lady, let me in the bathroom. And he starts like. Oh. At one point, I think Dusty says, "Come on." At one point, which popped me huge. <laughs> uh, Could you believe people hated Dusty on commentary? Come I on, know. man. He's all like, the time rules. And there's they did there were some spots where the part where they were like throwing each other's arms and head into the stalls and hitting each other that was yeah they beat the shit out of each other I mean beat the fuck out of each other it is what it is like I think there's a few yeah. kind of wrestling myths that come with this match too of them like really fucking each other up and mm-hmm. I think this one was pretty the mall takes a crazy bump down the stairs in a crowd yeah. like it's a it's a super fun match finish is insane I can't believe that board didn't collapse. Yeah, it's like there's yeah. there's like a board that they like that's, put on top to do the superflex that Benoit wins the match with. That's one of those finish finishes that you'd never have like cleared as making sense or being right. anything that would work, but it does. So fuck it, I guess. Oh, yeah, like it, it, works. Works. it works perfectly. And I believe Arn finally, because this is when the horsemen all come together. Arn takes Benoit's side, helps him win. Tax. Mm-hmm. I think he's like DDT Sullivan or something before yeah. the superflex. I think that's if I'm not. Mistaken. I believe so. Yeah. And then superplex for the win. Yeah, just a super mm-hmm. fun match. Dusty's commentary calls like a classic moment. Um, yeah. But this is a feud that literally lasts for like another fucking year. By the way, Ming gets involved. Of course, woman gets involved and, and Arn mm-hmm. stays involved and, <clears throat> you know, it's, so on. It's so worth forth. noting, like, we've talked about his pay per view, right? We had the big angle. We had the, the celebrity football player tag, which had the, the, the great turn. We had Ray and Dean. And then you had a big brawl that went through the building. It's like when WCW was good, man. Like they could mm-hmm. do, they could do wrestling buffet like no other promotion, because it was nuts. The guys were just able to do what they wanted almost, you know. So uh, nonetheless, there is one name we haven't really mentioned. He's actually closing this show as the world's champion. He's got the big gold, the giant. You mentioned Luger was in the main event, and he did the you know the thing where he sold the angle. Mm-hmm. He's wrestling giant, and how is his reign coming along? I mean, I think we all know, considering where things are about to go, 
ultimately he's kind of a, a sitting duck in some ways. Right, once the angle's shot, he's you know Hogan's winning that belt. The giant is enough to fall already, though. Fair to say, right? He really is. Yeah. Old Paul White, he he tries his best, man. I'll tell you what, I'll give him credit here. I think there was a good worker in there in him even then. Yeah. He just didn't get the right people to say, hey, because <laughs> everybody was – it was Wild Wild West there. Every, every top guy was every man for himself. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have anybody say, here, man, show how you do this. It's a shame. Because there are a few there, – even like – I wonder how Jimmy Hart was for him. I wonder if Jimmy helped him. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I know he's been very – he praises Savage a lot, okay, as being the guy, the the kind of elder statesman that actually he felt cared about his mm-hmm. his progress. Um, Hogan is Hogan. I don't think he had any issues with Hogan, but he's still fucking Hogan, right? Is what it is. Um, right. Yeah, and Nash and Hall actually, Paul White is one of the few guys who has never really pulled that punch. He's always kind of kind of made it clear what he thinks of what they did to WCW, you know? Yeah. Like so, um, yeah, it's interesting. He was a really, he was a really solid promo. Yeah. Even then, in my opinion, I mean, he had some cheesy lines and stuff, but you could tell. I mean, obviously, in the like, for there was about a ten-year period in where he was a good promo to be consistently. Yes, definitely. Um, but he he really showed some good some some good some some good mic skills. Really, he really did. Like that was kind of. Um, I just wish that he was so he was such an athlete for size, and yeah. nobody really showed him. You know, you could tell he you, you could tell there was there was something in him that he wanted to be really good. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just he just didn't have the people there to to help him. You know, it took him yeah. took him a while. You know, he had to, he had to go through some you know rough patches in WWE where he had some weight problems and stuff. And, you know, he finally, he, he finally figured it out and became quite honestly, an excellent worker for a few years. Certainly. Um, it is. I mean, I'm always hesitant with this talking point because I have a great deal of admiration and respect for Paul White, but he became a great professional wrestler. He became an incredibly, you know, revered pro, but I do think it's worth stressing. Like he still had as good as his career has been, it's still slightly strange, you know? Like, I think it's easy to forget what he could have been. I mean, lest we forget that when they signed him, the word was that Vince was, like, enamored. Like, this idea of having a giant who could talk and go and do media and be, like, this kind of um, baby-faced talker or he'll... He had a great career, but I I always think um, there's some truth to, like, what could have been, you know? Mm -hmm. Like... Like, I wonder what it looks like for him if he comes 20 years earlier. Yeah. And it's a different time where guys aren't wrestling on TV every week and doing, you know, roll-up finishes. And mm-hmm. He may have been the, one of the great attractions ever. I mean, as is, he oh, had a career. Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. It's a good question. Um, what would you say is Big Show's problem? I would say, like, me personally, I always feel like the Mark Henry matches showed how good of a worker he'd become. Um, that's, that's an area that comes to mind for me. I don't know. What do you think? I'll give you the answer. 2008-2012. So when he comes back and does the Floyd angle, that that's mm-hmm. the starting point. And 2012 is up to when, when he like turns in the Laurinaitis angle? When, mm-hmm. when, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, there you go. I mean, even because after that, they kind of get tired of him, right? Famously, mm-hmm. they, you know, he gets the please retire and stuff. But he had some good matches. I mean, remember that match he had with Roman at like Extreme Rules or whatever the oh, hell? Yeah, that was in 2015. That was after yeah. people were – but he was – that famous match in Hell in a Cell is Dude, an absolutely amazing match. They used to beat the shit out of each other, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that, Sheamus, that fucking ruled. You could accuse Sheamus of many things, but that dude ain't no bully. He, he went up to the fucking seven-foot <laughs> seven giant and was just whacking him with clotheslines mm-hmm. and forearms. God bless. Um, <laughs> yeah, The Bash is a, is a hell of a show. Let's just wrap up with uh, one last thing. DDP, who we talked about last time out with Battle Bowl and all that stuff. I mean, that, was, that was May, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he is moving through the mid card. Oracle update on on DDP's progress here in in June of '96. How are we getting on on, on the well, DDP front? He's basically defending the uh, battle ball ring in every match now, and just kind of oh. moving up the mid card. Like basically, they did a really good job of building him up, and he's winning his matches, winning his fuse. He's like this scummy heel, right? Yep. Um, he's really getting the diamond cutter over, finding mm-hmm. new ways to hit literally every match. And you can tell, like, you watch the progression as I'm finishing up the summer. They're popping bigger and bigger for the move, right? Yeah. And for most of '96, he was good enough as a heel, right? Mm-hmm. The fans would get into it. You know, he was he was a natural heel in a lot of ways. I always preferred him as a heel than a baby face, even yeah. though his biggest push was as a baby face. But, you know, 97, 98. Um, but it's but really, it's his move. He doesn't yeah. get over and over until he punks out the NWO. Yeah. Because no one else had punked out the NWO like that. That's a great angle also, by the way. Oh, it's an incredible angle. Um, yeah. And kudos to... <clears throat> I mean, you know, didn't because I mean, I know they were buddies with Hall right. and Nash. Whatever. Oh, they still did it, right? Still did yeah. it. Yeah, they 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 still helped him get over. Oh, for sure, changed his career because he because he, he got to punk him out, man. Like that yeah. was a big deal. That '97 angle, early it was January 13th, whatever, when he mm-hmm. puts the shirt on, then punks him out, dude. The that's like one of the best. Yeah, I love great. that angle. Like, um, and he, and he ends up being like. One of like two guys who never jumped yeah. to the NWO. It's him and Flair. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. It's only those yeah. two. <laughs> he and Flair, are the only two that never jumped. You know, from like the top stars. Mm-hmm. Well, Goldberg didn't, but he turned heel in two thousand thanks to Russo. Yeah. But that that doesn't that's not an NWO jump, but still, it's worse. Yeah, he just turns and like they immediately turn him back too. It's brutal. Um, yeah, although although the Jim Duggan squash rules. Fair. That's quite the deal, right? And Jim just comes out and does all the big emotional mm. promo. And <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Um, all right. Oracle, I have a question. Let's put a bow on June for WCW. To this point, that's got to be the best month in company history, right? Like since oh, yeah. the turn of buyout, it has to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had so many bad months in that. Harry's eight oh, yeah. years. Like, oh, yeah. Incredible. Well, month, you know, right? we'll get to the Disney tapings next month. and Oh, yeah. That's like, you know. Oh yeah, they top their euphoric. greatest hit. Yeah, yeah, they they beat their greatest hit in a lot of ways. But it's just, I don't know. We, you and I talk about it a lot. We understand why Bischoff's divisive, but 
this was a hell of a feat what they were pulling off here because they had a while oh. there where it looked like they were <laughs> they were struggling to stay alive, you know. Um, hell of a time. WCW with a clean sweep. All right, let's move forward now to uh, Extreme Championship Wrestling. Keep talking, Joe. I'll be back in 10 seconds. Okay, that's fine. Um, we're going to move on to ECW and the Oracle of Wrestling Returns. We hope you're enjoying this, folks, as always. If you would like to send us a particular question or just a little tip for popping you, you can do so. Streamlabs.com slash late night grin. JJ, I hope you enjoyed the dusty impression that you got for your uh, for your prior super grin. Um, we have much discussed with ECW, some of which I'm unfamiliar with, some of which I'm more familiar with than I would like to be. Much discuss on the ECW front. Oracle, you ready to get into it with uh, old Paulie's? Let's do it. Um, you did not Bingo miss the Fed. Well, the Fed chat will be closing the show, pal. You did not miss it, so we'll, we'll get there. Um, Hardcore Heaven is the show. There is much to discuss both on and surrounding this show. Let's start at the top. The main event of the show is RVD and Taboo. They do like the double, double stretch job deal here, right? Mm-hmm. Explain this, talk me through this whole deal. Obviously, we've talked about this feud and kind of your because it's one of those kind of divisive wrestling history pieces. But this particular installment and how things end up, go ahead. Well, the ring's broken, yes, which leads to something else. Uh, we'll get to they have this crazy match, it's the best of their matches. I fucking don't like their feud, I think it sucks. Kind of yeah. like I, I just don't think they have good chemistry together. Um, I don't mind the RBD Sabu tag team that much, although I don't love them, but. Um, their matches, their, their feud doesn't do anything for me, but this is the best match of that feud, in my opinion. Um, partly because the ring's broken and like the crowd's tired because they literally sat there for an hour, and there's something that occurs during that hour that we'll talk yes. about that's okay. not on Peacock, <clears throat> yeah. but was a big reason why the uh, VHS got sold so well in the 90s. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but um yeah it's just it's whatever like they do it up they they do a double stretcher job like they all take it seriously and like um i don't know i'm kind of ready for them to be a tag team which happens yeah in, you know eventually here fair enough um let's get to it because it's a kind of infamous deal very controversial i believe jericho romani's book i want to say it's one of the places this got this story got. Um, while this is going on, the ring and you know, people are kind of getting getting uh, impatient. The fearless leader that is Paul Lee dangerously comes up with the kind of idea you'd think he'd come up with uh, mm-hmm. in times of emergency. From what I know of this story, there are like some like genuinely awful moving pieces here where he absolutely lied to Paul Kimona. I don't know what you know of this. Explain it to the people best you can, but like this is fill in fill in gaps that I may not know. But okay. basically the ring gets the ring breaks. Pop. And they literally have to sit there for an hour to get the ring fixed because it's ECW and of course it takes them an hour to fix the ring. And like they've got this big Sabu RVD main event they want to do. And People are restless, so Polly just decides to get Kimono Wanalea out there Indeed. on 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 in the crow's nest, which is up there where 
Joe Styles' commentary to just do a strip tease. Yeah. Up there. Uh, and uh, of course she does. And in the WWE documentary, Jericho does a great Terry Gordy impression. Because this, <laughs> we'll get to Terry Gordy because he, he, he's on this show. Terry Gordy goes, I ain't never I ain't never seen this before or something like that. I forgot that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this yeah, the kimono goes out there and literally does like a 10 minute strip tease, yeah, like literally something you would literally see in a strip club, yeah. Like, strip tease in the wrestling context is not what this like you may be thinking. This is like this is an, an actual like, stripper dance going on, yes, on stage, yes. I believe, and this could be wrong, Paulie dangerously, please do not sue me if this is false. <laughs> Did you see JJ's comment? I did uh, <laughs> I'm sure Alex Boyle on VHS. That's tremendous. We'll ask him next time. <laughs> I could be wrong on this. Please do not sue me, Paulie, if I am. But isn't the story that he said that Kamara said she'd do it, but she couldn't use the footage and he just sold the VHS tape like a fucking piece of shit that of course he would? That I think like that's the story. Do. That sounds like something he would do. If someone in the chat knows, because I look, I don't want to, you know, blame him for stuff he didn't do. He's done enough stuff, but like, I think that's, I think Jericho talks about. It. I don't know. I could be completely well, wrong. It's but... like with Polly or somebody. Somebody's like the night, like when Polly's on the ECW, WWE, ECW, Rising Polly's like, like longingly talking about the night. Come on, I wanna lay a dent atop the ECW. He's arena. fucking like, nuts, dude. He's insane. Like, what the fuck? Like this is awful. He's, um, he's one of those wrestling characters that's like he's objectively like bad, right? Yeah. Like objectively so, but like for whatever fucking reason, everyone in wrestling and everyone that talks about wrestling does this thing with him where it's like, yeah, but you know, Paul E, like he's just like it's it's honestly an indictment of all of us, but we all do it with him. Like he's yeah, he's very unique. That's the way I'm gonna put it politely, but I think that's the story, folks. Tell me if I'm wrong on that. I don't know. But I uh yeah, this is something, right? He's like a he's like a he's like a low rent villain in like a yeah, and like, and like and like a crime mob movie. Is he not? He's, Isn't that basically what he is? He still pops me. Like he he came out on Raw and he does this fucking like the, the oldest oldest bit ever. Like they start doing you suck, and he goes, "Hey, listen, Brock and I may have our issues, but Brock Lesnar does not suck." And I was like, "Oh, fucking Paul Lee is still doing it, man. Look at Brock him out there." Brock at it too. Did you see Brock yeah, popping up? The crowd didn't even react to it. You know, <laughs> um, this is we do have to talk about this very quickly. If you did not see the thirty-one tonight, you need to go seek it out for Oracle's cameo. We that took us like a minute to shoot, and I was popping huge. <laughs> We should post the, the unedited where I was. I came on and reacted. It was incredible, dude. <laughs> Hilarious stuff. Um, so, yeah, go watch the 31 if you haven't seen it. Next week is the finale, you know. Yeah, last episode finale. with Jeremy Lambert. Um, well, the first season's last episode, I should say. All right, let's uh, move on from that subject to this. This state of Sabu, though. Before the pay-per-view, he takes ECW's uh, best match of the month with um, LNG 2021 draft, uh, you know, pick. Mikey Whipwreck, uh, talk us through it, Oracle. Well, let me just say this. <clears throat> I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I okay. watched a recent August ECW episode, and lo and behold, in fact, it was actually ECW's Doctor's In super event. The opener was Mikey Whipwreck 
versus a young man by the name of Dangerous Devin Storm. You know what that means, don't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. It the happened. Greatest, the greatest tag team of all time had a match. They were like the dumpster team, remember? They used to like do broads or like on location. Do you remember that was your shtick for them? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it popped me huge. That wasn't very good, but still. Oh, was... of <laughs> Don't worry about it. In 2021, I'm sure that have been a great team. Uh, but <clears throat> yeah, this, this match rule, this is like, I've always enjoyed their matches. There's crazy shit in this one. It's been it's been a couple months since I've seen it, but mm-hmm. um, I think there's, there's like a couple like nuts table spots in this that are just insane. Yeah, um, which you know par for the course with Sabu and Mikey even. Um, yeah. It's just a super fun spot fest kind of. But the the way that these two put put their matches together, I really like. I think mm-hmm. Mikey was a really good worker at this time. Yeah, he's an interesting like people people like. He had this weird reputation that he sucked, and it's not true at all. Do you like, think he gets more love if he comes in like the, the era afterwards, where guys so, have his yeah. kind of presentation? Well, he or... so well, and he paces his matches so much better yeah. than he's ever he's good. Yeah, he's definitely good. Yeah, I'm obviously not as big a fan. Right. You, know, you picked him in 2021, but I, I'm with you. I I do appreciate Mikey. Um, you mentioned Terry Gordy. You give us that that wonderful impression. He is here. He's wrestling Raven for the title. Um. This is an interesting time for Terry, so that's how we, I'm going to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is the match? Is this his only spot in ECW? To like explain this whole situation, because I'm not actually. Oh, he's he's, he's in ECW until he, until he becomes executioner. Oh, he's, he's in ECW for like three or four months. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, he 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 actually looked motivated here. Good. This is his first big match in a long time, you know, after his, you know, horrible health problems. Um, in fact, I think I've said this on the floor. I saw Terry Gordy's last match ever, days before he died, literally days, a couple days before Poor he died. Dude, man. Terry did not look like I saw him live in Eastridge, Tennessee, about this time, 21 years ago in July 2001. I was eight years old. Still looked like Terry, you know, but he just, you know, he wasn't, he obviously wasn't, he just, he didn't. Look, I mean, I didn't think he was on death's door. I was eight years old. I couldn't tell the difference. But yeah. He didn't look great. Um, and less than a week later, he I, 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 might have been ten days later. He was. He died. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that was his last match. Um, but which <clears throat> sounds weird, but I'm actually like super happy that I got to see Terry Gordy live. Yeah, Fucking man. Rules. Terry was. I, I grew up in Chattanooga, and that's his hometown. Yeah, so like, it's just sad it, because yeah. he was so good, so young. The like, his career could have been incredible. Like, it was a great career, but like, what I'm saying is, he was a good worker, like seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> like, he was oh, a freak, was, dude. He was a badass, dude, dude. Dude, yeah, he's the type of guy that, like, you know, another relevant topic, Eddie Kingston, the type yeah. of guy that. Now, I mean, like, I, I would say he looks a little bit more dangerous than Eddie does. Yeah, he's like, more of an athlete, right? Right, but like Terry was like a big dude, like. Big, kind of ugly, you know what I mean? I, mean, yeah. I don't even mean it in like a mean way, but like he just he's like a big like mean a football player, like, you know? Yeah. He looked like a dude who beat the fucking shit out of you if you tried to fight. Yeah, he did. Like, yeah. If, and that and that pops me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, got a mega pop. People in the arena over the years have famously said that that was like the loudest pop in the history of the ECW arena when he came out. Wow. When 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 Freebird hit, you can't tell because it's dubbed on Peacock. Oh. 
Is there? Does anyone but, have the original? Must be um, somewhere on the interwebs. I'd like to see it. I may or may not have access to that. Okay. But okay. Um, that sounds that sounds it's promising. Probably, it's probably <laughs> it's probably on the it's probably on the uh, not here with me, but elsewhere. Um, yeah. You don't have like a library next to you, right? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I, you might. Be, it's a big. You might be able to find on Daily Motion, maybe. Okay, um, let me explore that. Sounds sounds fun. Yeah, because like I've seen it before because I remember watching it um before the actual version and it being like an insanely huge pop. Like he got like you can tell even with the dubbed over music. Yeah. Like because he comes out to Bad Street, which is not no motherfucker came out to Free Bird in the arena. And like you can tell, like that these people are losing their mind. There are people in the front with a high fiving each other because it's Terry Gordy, man. Like you know, like it's <clears throat> yeah. He he seemed motivated in this match. You know, Raven Raven. I give. I'm not a Raven fan, but he 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 gave Terry a lot here, and and it was it was a fun match. It was a fun match. Good. I, I have to be honest with you. When I read it, I, I wasn't familiar with this. I knew the executioner, and I wasn't familiar with this run. Um, I have to be totally honest. When I read that match, I thought, oh, my God, oh, my, that sounds like it could be bad. You know, because I know that when Terry, after he came back from his issues, yeah, a lot of people described him as being almost like a zombie. Like, he, he just mm-hmm. wasn't there. So I'm glad here he, you know, was motivated and, and this well, was fun. That's good. Severe brain damage, actually. Oh, bad, yeah. Like, I mean, he died and came back to life. <laughs> the, the story, like, the rap on him with the WWF from was that, like, a lot of people vouch for him because he's Terry and everyone, you know, respects him. Yeah. But they, like, just couldn't. He just didn't seem like he was there, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he was only there in 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 body. He wasn't he wasn't with it. Um, which you know, God bless the man. But it was, it's just a shame. Uh, anyway, just stick with Raven. Um, this is a famous angle, right? With Laurie and Tyler and this whole like very soap opera deal. And Raven, this is his baby, right? Didn't wasn't this mm-hmm. his thing he fought for? Yeah. This was your pick for for best angle. Them joining Raven. Um, explain this whole deal because it is one of the famous ECW kind of stories. I think. It is a great angle, and it's executed very well because they build it up. Remember, because Raven wants to find the the scummiest, trashiest woman. That's the yeah. nicest way I can say it. Um, and then you go through all these skits and stuff, and like we get like blue dust, which I may have mentioned on here. I don't know. We get, like, We've got debut. that in our format yeah. here, so we'll get yeah, to it in we, a second. You know, we get the debut of blue dust, which is blue meanie as gold dust, and like. All this stuff is, you know, because Stevie's out there supposed to look for the right woman for Raven. Because, you know, mm-hmm. Beulah left him, Kamona left him. So now he's got to find the 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 scummiest woman possible. Again, that's about the nicest way I could say it. Um, and <laughs> he ends up picking... Um, it works really well as a heel move. It's ends up picking Lori Fullington. Sandman's ex-wife and her son Tyler, mm-hmm. who's like six at the time, which is kind of terrifying, honestly. <laughs> a little questionable. Yeah. Um, at no point is does he seem like he's being in any danger. I mean, to be clear, right. they're very protective of him. But some of the stuff they say on the microphone, I'm not so sure I would want my six-year-old hearing. Because like when Raven first, <laughs> Raven first comes out, he's talking about like impregnating women and like yeah literally saying all these things i'm like there's a six-year-old child here i mean Indeed. I, I, I mean 
And God forbid how much of you saw behind the camera because that stuff supposedly was far more damaging. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I, 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 I can. There's, there's. It's a great angle. And contra- I pop for pretty much all controversial angles. I'm I'm gonna be very open about that, um, <laughs> because I find it to be more interesting when they do stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Although, but let me be clear. I understand why people would be uncomfortable. Yeah, I just, I'm a little bit concerned about what the way I know what you meant, but you said all <laughs> controversy angles, and I feel that could well, that could tie you into some you may not be thinking of right now. I'm not sure. Oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah. Let, me, let me be clear. I say all, and I emphasize that, but most. How about that? Most. Yeah, because, you know, yeah. I don't know. Road Warrior animal threatening to jump off the Titan trunk. And yeah, exactly. Not you know? um, yeah. But <clears throat> like th- this, <clears throat> this was just, I don't know, it's like it's fucked up, but like soap opera stuff, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's soap opera stuff. I love compelling. it. It's not. It's not that much different. It's a, more some of the things that are said are probably yeah. Different. Like it's not that much different than Eddie Rain Dominic. No, not all. And some right. some of the Eddie stuff is fucking nuts. Dude. Oh, when yeah. he goes to the, the park playground. and he's being yeah. like, yeah, that's craziness. I mean, he's in, he's so great. This it's like weirdly endearing because he's committing to it so yeah. much, but it's still crazy, right? But it's just it's a great angle because like Sandman wants to get at Raven, but like he can't because he's not gonna hit his son with a Singapore cane, you know? Yeah, it's good shit. And his son's like doing the Raven pose, and he, and Laurie and Tyler are like and like all like you know denim and and like grunge mm-hmm. outfits and like it's extremely well done, and like the heat for it is is pretty big. Are you surprised? I know that Paul Lee is. And, publicly... and let me say this, and we'll, we'll jump to it because I want mm-hmm. to say it. The ending of the angle is great. Where like Tyler and Sandman hug or whatever at the end. Yes, that's, is that a, this that's a great ending to the angle too. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the literally like just the, the snaps of it because they always hot spotlight this one when they talk about ECW. Right? It's like mm-hmm. one of the famous ones. Yeah, um, Paul Lee, you know, is pretty loudly said that Raven was a creative genius, and you know, you and I can explore what that means uh, much as we have with some uh, another kind of interesting character for the last couple of years genius gets thrown around a lot but are you surprised at how little raven kind of was able to stick as like a creative force in wrestling like i think tna had him on their team for a while he played with it a little bit in wwe both before ecw and after but he never really was like a booker like really raven really is raven's a smart guy yes absolutely I think he's someone who has these ideas in his head, but sometimes can't fully formulate them out into the world, particularly through his mouth. Well, yeah, I think that's been a problem. That was always, that was always a problem because he would just, he would just go on this drivel and it's like, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah. Like it was very much, you know, it's very similar, very much similar to Bray Wyatt, right? Like, yeah, a little bit. Really, it is. Is it? Is it not? Like, <laughs> That's who I was referencing. Yeah, it's like it's very similar to Bray. It's good. It's very similar to Bray. And like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, just just cut a promo. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> who does that make Alexa though? Chastity. <laughs> Tremendous. Okay. Good. When Raven left, did he tell her to keep it alive, brother? 
Oh, the um, story of him just walking out in that famous meeting. That's one of the, like anybody want to leave. He just walked bro, out and showed up at the TNN tapings like a week. That's later. that's the greatest thing ever. That's like iconic. That's the greatest shit ever. <laughs> just stood up. Like, yeah, man. I wanted to leave the whole time. I didn't know we could yeah, do that. Remember, he was supposed to be in the uh, the thing with Vampiro yeah. and then Saint yeah. Posse, whatever it was. Yeah, rules. And Respect, then he was man. like, "Yep, I'm out." I mean, um, even the stuff like. The long story of like the of of like the flock breaking up, and that match with Saturn at Fall Brawl '98, yeah. which is like legitimately really good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's yes. he's a really smart guy. He's just he's somebody who he's a perfect example of. He's I, I'm actually going to give him a lot of praise here. He's so smart that he's probably too smart for his own good. Do you want Wyndham or <laughs> no? I'm, I'm I'm talking about Raven. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a similar vein to, obviously he's not, don't get me wrong, he's not as good as these guys. In a yeah. similar vein to a Jericho or a Foley. Yes. Sometimes even Jericho or Foley will have ideas like Foley with like like with Molina, right? Indeed. Or, or Jericho with Orange <clears throat> Cassidy in that feud even, right? Mm-hmm. Like they'll, they'll, they'll have these ideas and they'll go, they're too smart for their own good sometimes. They overthink. And it's, yeah, yeah, they, 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 they overthink it. Hang on um, a second. Look at Joe's comment. Imagine Big Stevie Cool coming out to stand up sharp, fight me. <laughs> imagine, imagine, imagine Tafka Gold Dust coming at that coming at the... <laughs> Um I have to say, I just this is dawned on me to about Rams Booker. Have you ever seen um his guest booker DVD? Do you know what he books on that Oracle? This may pop you considering what we're talking about. Right? No. So they get him to book if the outsiders came to ECW instead of WCW. That's his angle that he has to book. I may need mm. to get these. I may need to get this DVD in your possession somehow, so you can you can explore it because that's literally this time, right? Like he books mm-hmm. from he books June '96 if the outsiders come to ECW. And I remember him being fucking infuriating on that DVD, but that's like kind of part of the charm. Like he loses track of his own faults all the time and pops himself. <laughs> So I may need to I may need to watch this. I'm, if I if I have it somewhere, I'll I will uh, I'll get in your yeah. position somewhere. That sounds like it'll be a good time. I'm always reminded when I think of Raven WCW, and we'll cover this more as we get to that point. But um, when he does like the skits with Canyon Hogan, apparently hated him. Oh yeah, but, like <laughs> he's Hogan driving crazy, right? Like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in wrestling, brother. <laughs> and I actually don't hate those skits only because Canyon rules. Like the yeah, one where they're like going shopping in canyons, like <laughs> <laughs> of course they're alluding to their sexuality, but I think those skits, I think they're fun. I don't know. They're they're they're, they're funny. They're fun. Canyon just Canyon. I mean, I've always I've always liked Canyon. Part of why they're funny is because the story of Hogan hating them is fucking amazing. Yeah. Like the idea of him watching the TV and like makes, kicking them. It makes it funnier, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um Hogan was thinking about the minute by minutes, brother. You know? Yeah. We'll keep them up. No pre-tapes. Um, would you like to expand any on blue dust, or have you covered that sufficiently? Meany puts puts in the work, brother. Yeah, he puts in he puts in all this stuff. Fine, fine gimmick for the era and stuff. Um, never really a good worker or anything like that. But no. listen, brother, he still he still gets that gimmick out there, you know. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. I was watching. The 2022 Crockett Cup. Someone had a mystery partner, and it was Blue Meanie. Oh my God! Did it pop you? 
No, absolutely not. I was quite mad about it, to be honest with you. But um, <laughs> I'll bring it up anyway. Would it have popped me? Yes. The either of you watching that show, I think you would have been beyond pops. I think you'd have been in a very pretty dark place. But I don't know, man. I mean, I don't expect it to be anyone good, but Blue Meanie was a bit of a kick in the teeth. Anyway, let's go back to the pay-per-view. Jericho takes the TV title. Um, considering what we were talking about earlier with the Cruiserweight division, this is always interesting. Jericho's own, like, timeline. So it's always through Jericho's TV title win and just kind of his spot in general. Yeah, uh, you know, he... He um <clears throat> he's still kind of putting it together as a worker, mm-hmm. but like it's clear that you know he's he's liked and and he wins the title over Pitbull and um, he just kind of gets his summer push right before he leaves, um right there in the center of the center of the TV title feud, which is basically him Pitbull number two Douglas and and Too Cold. Cole minutes in a four-way and in July, and we'll talk about that, which is a big, big match, very famous one. Mm-hmm. Um, but lots of things happen in that match. <laughs> God. Um, well, you know, another pit bull broke his neck, Francine turned, so on and so forth. But I, I'm aware of the the first part. I did not know mm-hmm. about the second being the same match. Pretty rough. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's it was a. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, you know, Jericho. He's it's weird, like. He feels almost like oddly unimportant. Yeah. But they clearly value him as like the in-ring guy to go out there and have good matches, which was what the TV title sort of mm-hmm. was until Douglas gets a hold of it in July. But, you know, or at least gets a firm grasp on it in July. Yeah. And then it becomes the belt that just sits on his shoulder while he calls everyone a piece of shit. And yeah. Points. Cut my, cut my fucking music. <laughs> Exactly. Let me yeah. shoot here for a second. <laughs> Do you think he goes to ponytail f- out and shit? God bless. Do you think uh, people kind of fully appreciate how different Jericho was at this point in his career to what he became? Like his transformation is huge, dude. Like, well, like <clears throat> he's a clean slate early on. People know? also forget that his first feud in WCW was with Nick Patrick. Yeah. Which is actually like, a fun feud. I don't give a fuck what money says. That feud rules. And I think it helped him in a lot of ways. Because, yeah. you know, he's such he a just... cut promos and, like... Blank canvas before that. And he mm-hmm. gets to do some shtick, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which, look, I mean, I don't think I'm talking out of turn. So he's, that's saying he's done consistently for the last 20-plus years. Like, he's always... Right. 98 mad. is when he just exploded into, like... Yeah, the Goldberg famous part. I still kind of think that's his best year ever. Um, yeah. Which sounds crazy, but, like... I mean, his best year is probably more like 08, right? But like... um, pro- Yeah, because w- w- so that's the Sean stuff. Is Ray 09? Yeah. Hmm. Jericho's a good team too. I will say, I don't think it's the top, but I will say it's been remarkable what he's done in 2022 so far. Like, I think oh, we all thought he was... Oh, yeah. We all thought it was over, right? I mean, right. I... right. So... You know, he's had a he's had a wild career, man. He's obviously one of the greats. Um, this speaking of strange ordeals, we talked about one earlier. This one is slightly different, but it is one that people talk about a lot. Oh, listen, it's, let me. Sorry, let me, let me, let me, let uh, me respond to Piranha here. Absolutely, Shane Douglas pops me, especially when you watch like the unedited versions and like fucking Perfect Strangers yeah. hits. Do you remember? You were saying it lovingly, definitely, right? You were saying it lovingly. Like, especially when he reforms a triple threat and he's like, 
throwing out the three, and like he just looks ridiculous. And like Francine's coming out, like dressed dressed so, to the dressed to the nines, or maybe not to the nines, depending on her outfit. Um, there's a um a Shane Douglas. Back in the days of the distraction, we used to review movies, right? Mm-hmm. We reviewed pro wrestlers versus zombies. So Shane Douglas is in there, and he is—he's full Shane Douglas. Like he's oh, playing Shane, cool. so he's just doing the character in a film. Um, so he's doing like cheap heat with no crowd. Like it's really weird, uncomfortable. So like when I watch those films, I'd make notes and you know, like so I'd have bits. Like and all of my bits were buried in Shane Douglas. Like every fucking punchline was Shane Douglas. So Jeremy tweets out, we're going to review this film, and the fucking director of the movie gets in contact and says, I want to come on, sh- on the show. Now, I don't want to get into this gentleman, and he's, bless his heart, he, you know, he didn't have much of the show, but he comes on and starts talking about how Shane's one of his best friends and he's a creative genius. <laughs> he also explained, you know, me and Shane, we, you know, we get on, we, we agree on everything politically, and I knew what that meant. I was not, <laughs> it wasn't the most exciting news. And he said, you know, honestly, People don't realize Shane Douglas is one of the greatest professional wrestlers ever. And I'm sitting there like, I mean, what do I do? I didn't want to bury the guy's friends to him, but it's like, fuck everything in my notes. He's just how much, how unbearable he is in this film, you know? <laughs> quite the moment for me, you know, as a, as a, as a broadcaster, quite the moment. But bless Shane. I think even the most kind of... Um... A piece of shit. Exactly. You're a piece of, that piece of shit, Shawn Michaels. Although, as 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 to be fair, okay, here's here's part of the reason why here's here's part of the reason why Shane Douglas worked in his UW to a degree, okay. If you're a hardcore nerd, Mark, okay, yeah, you're yeah, you're into that stuff, and, yeah. and and you watch WCW and WWF, and you get tired of Hogan, and you get tired of Sean mm-hmm. and DX and shit, and then you finally get to hear somebody like Shane Douglas go, "He's a fucking piece of shit." Yeah, and, just and, and the flair you, stuff you can't too. Help but like, yeah, the flair you can't stuff help too. But like, pop for that, you know. Um, quickly, let me make this very clear. Please do not watch that show. Uh, JJ is aware of why. Bless the gentleman's heart. He came on with his child in his arms, and it is absolutely the worst podcast I've ever been a part of. It was ungodly, brother. Like, I couldn't hear shit. This kid was screaming. <laughs> it was quite the ordeal, let me tell you. And I, there I am listening to Shane Douglas being one of the greatest wrestlers ever. It was one of the worst days I can recall on the uh, fame distraction. But nonetheless, there's this Taz Paul Varlins deal, right? Paul was a UFC guy. And this the is polar like, bear, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, this is like famous in that the deal is that he doesn't want to put Taz over, right? But they like shoot an angle. What happens? Explain it. So the promo after so the, the room, you gave... The rumor is that... The rumor is that if he put... The rumor is that if he put Taz over... Okay, I'm going to be very yeah, vulgar so here. Please, yeah. Paul, please forgive me, but I'm going to describe, okay? Mm-hmm. The rumor was that he was gonna if he put Taz over, Missy Hyatt was gonna give him a blowjob. Yes, well, afterwards, Missy refused because she says she didn't give jobbers blowjobs owned. or something, and then he got mad. That's that's I think that's the rumor, if I'm not mistaken. Fucking owned. Um, I believe that is the story. Yes, that's the. I, I think Missy has probably spoke about it at some point. So if she said that's not true, God bless. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But I uh, um, that's definitely like the risk the wrestling myth, so to speak. Right. So. That was that was the rumor. Um, so they do a big brawl, and afterwards Taz cuts a promo. This was the month's best promo for ECW. Was was Taz's hit? Talk us through this angle, and then the promo itself. So basically, like he beats him in like this ridiculous work shoot that's not even really good, and like Taz cuts this amazing promo. And goes, you thought that was a shoot, you fucking idiots, and he just 
makes fun of the crowd as funny as shit because everybody's mad at how shitty the match was. And then, <laughs> and then he just beat him and choked him out. And Taz just caught him all fucking marks and stupid. And like it was, it was just, it was funny. God, ninety six, and they're pulling that shit. You know, it's wild to think about. Um, Joel Gertner is out. There's a ring announcer. Bob Ortiz is back. Do you remember Alex's Joel Gertner impression? Do you remember that Oracle? Our pal, mm-hmm. the contrarian. Do you remember he's Joel Gertner? <laughs> it's all I can ever think of when I read or see Joel Gertner. That's just. Stick with me forever. But anyway, talk us through this ring announcer situation. So this is this is the beginning of so basically Gertner had been the ring announcer for like a while, and Bob Ortiz was like he was the original ring announcer for ECW. And then Gertner kind of just Gertner's a smart guy and was like in like an Ivy League school and dropped out because he's a wrestling mark. Mm-hmm. Um he's mutual friends with a lot of People I follow on Twitter actually. Gertner's pretty active on Twitter. Um, that fucking he, rules. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, uh, so basically, Sandman beats the shit out of him on the cane and goes, This guy fucking sucks. You know, he's like, Don't give us a show. He beats the shit out of him on the cane. Somebody shut this fucker up. Because like Gertner's out there, like trying to get the crowd going and like trolling the crowd. And like Sandman beats the shit out of him with a cane. And then he goes, he goes, Messi, Messi, calling up Messi. He goes, bring out that guy that looks like the that looks like the groom on a wedding cake. And he's talking about Bob Ortiz. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Ortiz comes back to a mega pop, and the fans are going crazy. Oh, God bless. <laughs> and this, of course, leads into Joel Gertner becoming a heel. Indeed. Um, and eventually, within the next. Six months to a year, he's the uh, hype man for the Dudley Boys. How do we feel about this as an idea? Get Gertner for the 31? <laughs> the problem is you'd have to get Bob to do the pro- – like you'd have to get him to do the Gertner promo, right? That's yeah. I don't know if that's within Bob's arsenal right now. Um, we have a feud elsewhere, some Dudley infighting, so to speak. Big Dick Dudley and Devon Dudley are, are clashing here. They're in a conflict of sorts. Talk me through this uh, enthralling um, feud. So basically, Devon's like this giant bully now, and just like literally, all he does is just like he'll be in like matches with Bubba in a tag team match, and then suddenly he'll just beat the shit out of all the Dudleys with a chair, unprotected chair shots for the head. Okay, well, like I mean, he'll the- just he'll just grab a chair and violently hit like Chubby Dudley in the head. Well, other than the unprotected part, that did sound kind of awesome. I, I, that sounds pretty good, right? Oh, yeah. It's it's a really well-done build. They build up all the way up to November to remember. And, uh, of course, Big Dick Dudley's been out or whatever. And he comes back, and Devon, like, won't fight Big Dick. But he'll, like, bully the other ones. Oh. And, like, he keeps, like, getting away from Big Dick and stuff. It's awesome. Um, it's a really, really, really fun undercard feud. And it ends up ultimately... They sort of settle it out by the end of the year, and of course we get the famous version of the Dudleys, and yeah. they turn heel or whatever. But um, it's really well done. Like this whole Bubba Devon feud in '96, Axel Rotten ends up getting involved, and Big Dick, of course, is involved, and, and it kind of goes on through the whole year. But <clears throat> it's a super fun feud, and, and they're not, and then and their uh, November to Remember match from memory is pretty good too. Um, we'll we'll talk about that when we get to that point. But there you go. All right. Um... 
Sal Bellamo is in the FBI now. Uh, talk us through Sal's uh, joining the group. Uh, it popped me huge. Um, the FBI is incredible. God bless. I'm iteration, although I love JT Smith because he's totally absurd. Yeah. Um, him, like JT Smith literally gets in a fight with Hat Guy in the front row and literally smacks him in the face and smacks his hat off his head every time. It's hilarious. It's unbelievably <laughs> fun. Hat Guy's hair is like everywhere and he gets mad and like cusses out JT. It's unbelievably funny. Um, there are things you can get away with in the heck of the 90s that you can't now. Yeah. But many as we explored on yes. this show so far. Yes. yes. Um my favorite iteration is Tracy Smothers, Tommy Rich, and and, and Little Guido, which is that's the most famous, right? Would you say? It's incredible. Um yeah. the the show of the week after Frank Sinatra dies, and they have like and they like <laughs> Tommy Rich is like, oh blue eyes. <laughs> Frankie died. We gotta we got an honor, all blue eyes. And he's like, and people are like getting mad and buried. He goes, Oh, come on now. Some of us are in jail. This is a good question. Good question. Bear Cheap Heat promo. Shane Douglas and Bubba Ray Dudley. Bubba Ray. Bubba Ray had people trying to fucking kill him, man. Wow. Poor Shane's getting the shit kicked I mean, out. Listen, when you go up in the front row and Call some yeah. dude's wife a whore and stuff. He was, yeah, he was pretty, he's pretty cold with that. Yeah, I mean, if it, if honestly, if he was ten or fifteen years earlier, he would have been stabbed. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's like, the he, one there's, thing there's I would no say. Way. It's it's shocking he didn't get his. He didn't get you know. I will say, ECW had did 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 cause a few riots. Ones that were very very minor in in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. One very famous one where the tape was. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, the 97 riot. I don't know. So a fan like groped Francine. Oh, yes. And it caused a whole problem. Guess who was there? Papa Hales, Dylan Hales, and my brother Drew. Oh, my God. In Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yep. Holy shit. Uh, Johnny P. John John Philip Havage was also there. Um, He's on on Twitter. Uh, He's done some documentaries and stuff. He does the... um, uh, the uh what is it the the um indie spotlights on IWTV yeah that's yeah. that's Johnny P he's the one who does those I think holy shit um but uh he's he's like a major ECW guy so he he and my brother are the two EC like wrestling fans that I know of who've seen every single ECW show ever because they were at the one show that the tape was yeah that they told that that Heyman told Feinstein like nope mm-hmm. don't you know get yeah. rid of this tape basically. Yeah, it's wild, man. I, yeah, because I think you know you're right to kind of ECW crowds are crazy, but I think you were you were alluding to, you know, some of those crowds from back yesteryear. That yeah. Were like, uh, no, my family did not. They were on the other side of the building from the riot. The riot was across oh. the way. My God, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, all right, finally, we're going to talk about Pillman more in a moment on the WWF side of things. But he wraps up. He's running ECW, makes his final appearance. How does Pillman conclude his business in Extreme Championship Wrestling? Um, well, he calls the gangsters the N-word, which upset uh, New Jack and Mustafa, understandably so. Understandably, yes. Um, which was wisely edited out on Peacock. Um, he says some other disparaging remarks. 
uh, to other people that I can't quite remember. He beats the living shit out of Mikey Whipwreck with a uh, crotch that is brutal. Um, I've seen that. I had not seen the first part you talked about, Carol. Yeah, um, but otherwise, uh, that's kind of his last. That's kind of his last sort of hoorah, so to speak. Uh, there's some. Th- there were some things that Brian Jr. probably probably learned from his dad that you shouldn't. Oh have there, dear. But. Well, anyway, so meanwhile, just <laughs> um, put a bow on ECW. Is it a good month for ECW Oracle? Uh, it was. Uh, Hardcore Heaven was a great show, um, just in terms of stories and, and excitement. Um, not a ton of great matches. ECW's not really known for that anyways. Um, but it was it was, it was was a super fun month, yeah. Good stuff. Right with this move to WWF, and it's worth saying, he is not merely an afterthought on this show, right? The WWF has its own famous happenings. Um, King of the Ring 96 is a pivotal show. Um, it really is, and, and you know we'll get to it. This, in fact, let's get straight to it. Let's get to the main part, you know, kind of part. There's other factors, and we'll talk about them all. But it's about Austin, right? Let me and, let me just say this real quick. Can I say something? Yes. I couldn't believe how good the show was. It's honestly one of the best shows they did. Like pre, um, it's one of the best WWF pay-per-views of the nineties. Yeah, five. that's the best one. It's yeah. that good. Like it's, yeah. it's it's actually an incredible show. And. It's done a disservice by everyone just thinking of it as purely Austin, you mm-hmm. know. Oh no, that um, like, the show's like legitimately great. Like it's yeah. un, it's like shockingly great. Like I couldn't. And a lot it happens was. too. That's what yeah. I was reminded of doing it. Like you know, when you send over the notes, and I was like ordering, I was like, holy shit. Um, show starts in in grand fashion with your match of the month for WWF, which is a pairing that you and I have talked about, and two guys have talked about a lot on this show. Uh, Austin and Mark Merrow kick off the pay per view, and they have just this like kick-ass tournament match in the King of the Ring. Um, we'll talk about Austin's, like, progression positive. It's just stop at that match, because that match is, like, incredible, dude. What a match, huh? Great, great match. Just an outstanding match. God, I keep seeing it. Like, Austin's great. God, Mighty Austin was so good. Yeah. I, I'm actually... I remember when I watched a lot of the WWF stuff from 96-97, about five years ago. It's actually like, and Austin's great as a character. He's so fun as a character, you kind of don't care. But at the same time, it's like, man, if he didn't get his neck broken, mm. he was so good in the ring. Yeah. Like, and Mero, what an underrated wrestler. Oh, yeah. That dude could fucking go, dude. Mm-hmm. He's, he, like, I can't call him a great worker, but I think there was a period where he might have actually been great. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, and this is the. Like, I feel like late '95 uh, to. Yes, like, there's about an 18 month period for like middle of '95, right, probably right shortly before, maybe even late '94. He got to mm-hmm. be really good with the yep. regal matches, or right, it was '93. But sometimes, the point is, is he was like, he was so good in the mid '90s, man. Like, this match fucking rules. Just they just build everything so well. Miro gets hits his. Miro has these great spots that he hits. Yeah, that he just finds finds ways to set him up really well. Very creative. Austin's just an old. He's just a throwback worker. Mm. He basically is like a '70s style worker. He gets busted up here too, right? He gets busted up. Yeah, bad. yeah. He gets, his lip gets busted up big time. Mm-hmm. He has mm-hmm. to leave the building and mm-hmm. get stitched up. Yep. Yeah. That's why the Jake match got cut short, I believe. Yeah, which right? to be fair, wasn't, wasn't I mean, supposed to go a little bit longer. Yeah, which I believe I, so. it ended up benefiting because. Yeah. And it ended up working so. better, I think. I think so, yeah. I think it's um, probably for the best. Um, yeah, it's awesome. And it's really interesting. It kind of captures the era, like, two WCW 
mid-card guys, right? Like opening mm -hmm. up a WF pay-per-view and we're in the heat of that kind of battle and that war. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome match. Um, okay, so Austin, obviously, as we mentioned, the Roberts match is, you know, it's fun, but it is what it is. The promo is the, the real headline stealer. Obviously, you gave it best promo. Um, it would have been pretty nuts if you didn't, right? It's one of the most famous promos right. in wrestling history. But yeah, it is a great promo. Like, yeah, so know, say it's like great, like it holds up. Yeah, so get into that a little bit. Austin's kind of, you know, we, the, the first match is tremendous, but then the, the final one in the promo itself. Go ahead. Yeah, it's just, you know, he, he wins pretty decisively. Jake got beat up, you know, by Vader, and, and Vader got DQ'd, and Jake's ribs are all messed up. So they, yeah. you know, they, they, they projected Jake a little bit, which I honestly don't have a problem with because, not even because he, he was washed, but, like, I always appreciate in older wrestling when they protect everybody as much as they can. Yeah. Um, I've always been big on that, like, protect people as much as you can. Um. So, but you know, but Austin still won clean, right? He still won. Uh, he's a heel too. Mm -hmm. um, God, the promo's so good. <laughs> Michael Hayes is up there. Doc Hendricks up there giving the promo. His hair's shining in the light, you know. Yeah. And <laughs> Austin comes there, cuts this scathing promo on Jake. Just incredible. His delivery, just the way he, just the way, just the way he hits his notes so well. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's like perfect. Absolutely, and it's it's one of those promos you kind of referenced there, and I couldn't agree more. It's like it's got so much hype. You wonder if it will get you when you watch it back, and it's like, oh yeah, right. every time you watch it, it gets you. It's, that is that good. Um, just remarkable piece of business. I'm really excited as we do this to see your read on on Austin's next few months because I'm not an expert on this part of WBF by any means, but there's a lot of debate about like how much he carried the momentum immediately. Or how much of it was from the Brett feud really getting things moving in the direction it needs to, you know? So mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out watching the TV and such. So I don't know, but it's a, it's a pivotal moment in his history. WWE have kind of fairly kind of made it that way in the history books too, right? They've spotlighted it as a big moment. Mm -hmm. So Austin 316, um, man, June 96 is something. Huh? So elsewhere. On top of the pay-per-view, we have uh, Shawn Michaels closing out his feud with Bulldog. We talked about their match last time. You were not a fan. I remember that pretty vividly. Um, what did you think of the sequel here? How was their feud in general? You know, so on and so forth. Go ahead. This was really good. There you go. Like, this felt like a big-time title match, actually. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen this one, but, like, it's actually really good. I don't recall it. It got a very strong rating, and I thought, I don't think yeah, I've it's seen it's this. Very, I, I know that we... it's a very, It feels like a title match main event. Like, yeah. And, and it's like, I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, it was, it surprised me, honestly. Like, it was a really, really excellent main event match. Mm -hmm. uh, so, how was the kind of did the build get any more interesting for you? Because I know that they, they do the whole moving pieces, not with... necessarily. Pornette cuts, yeah. cuts a bunch of good promos, but like, but yeah, it's... this, like, I thought it was a weak feud overall, just in terms of although the brawl in uh, Kuwait on the beach always pops me, but oh, yeah, like, to me, it's like. But the match, the match delivered, and I think that was that was nice, you know, nice to see ultimately. I want to go and watch this one because I remembered the other one very well. I remember you and I both being kind of like we didn't really get why some people love it so much, right? And when I saw this got good reviews, I was intrigued by your take. So I want to, I want to kind of seek this out. Um, again, you mentioned this show being a big one and being a good one. Taker and Mankind on this show, their first big match. It's a match I really like. Oh, it's so um, good. I think you really see why the, the dynamic works so well. So, again, to Man Taker and Mankind, a, a famous 
pairing, and this is kind of their first big one here at, at King of the Ring. Go ahead. It's even though it's only like 10 months in at this point, right? This thing, yeah. it's jarring, especially when you're watching it in, in succession and, in, 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 you know, in chronological order to see mm-hmm. Taker and the way he works in this match. Yeah. There's a couple of sections where he comes back and starts throwing these haymaker punches on Mick. And it's like, you're like, holy shit. Like, this rules. fucking yeah. rules. Yeah. Like, that's like, you never see him. Cause like, no. I mean, in the mid 2000s, he's doing that all the time with Angle and whoever. Yeah, that's but what like, it is. It's like a look in the future almost. Right, it's interesting. Right. And like, he's doing it cause he has to cause Mick's freaking a psycho. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and like, they do, they, they, they use chairs and shit. And like, Mick takes like, Foley takes like horrific bumps. Shocker. A couple of horrific bumps in this match. I can't remember because it's been a while, but I just remember like, and they pace it because they like, they they do these really good peaks and valleys because mm-hmm. you can t- it it feels like a long match, but I don't even say that in like a in like a bad way because right. it's the first time you feel like it, you kind of don't know who's gonna win, too, which kind of helps. And then of course the finish is crazy because. You know, Bear ends up hitting Taker with the urn by accident or by accident or whatever and causes, you know, now there's speculation going on there. And Mick ends up fully ends up hitting the uh, Manimal Claw and, and beating Taker clean, mm-hmm. really, in a lot of ways. Um, even with Huge you know, deal the Bear mistake. Now. But it was, I mean, it was, it's like, holy shit, Taker just got beat. Like, and this felt to me, this felt, I think, I don't know, I could be wrong because I don't know. Because I, again, I don't. I, I wasn't watching at the time, but here it felt even bigger than like Taker getting like beat by Yoko Zuna in the casket match, right? Because yeah. Yoko had the entire million dollar corporation help him or whatever. And Yoko had been the champ before that. Right, match. right, so, exactly. You know, there was a certain stature that came with him. Um, this is the best movie in 96 in WWF, in my opinion. Yeah, that'd probably be. But, I mean, I. Boiler and Brawl is awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And. The Buried Alive build is incredible. Those vignettes. It is interesting that in this month, which is one of the most important months in wrestling history, WCW is focusing on the outsiders, who while they were guys who started in WCW, they came to they claim fame and success in WWF. And on this show, two guys who very much struggled for to break through in WCW mm-hmm. have huge moments in their climb in WWF, right? Like it's right. It's interesting. Look at man, Austin and and Mick here, who are going to be pivotal in the war ahead, right? Um, really interesting. Interesting kind of parallels and contrasts and comparisons there. So, huge deal for Mick, and obviously we know the run he's about to have. But yeah, because I mean, like, I, what I really like about it is like, so do this, do the boiler room, buried alive, and then of course, really we get the debut of the what I see is the Prince of Darkness taker, which yeah. is from Survivor Series '96 to Survivor Series '98. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which yeah. is when he kind of becomes the sort of God. He was insanely over as Prince of Darkness in that period. Yeah, like because that's when you know Survivor Series is the end of the feud where Bears in the shark mm-hmm. cage or whatever. Indeed, yeah. Good um, shit, man. Paul was great. Yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. What, what oh, a hard that, role that was. He's great his whole career. Percy Pringle's great too. Yes, and I wish more people had seen that stuff because I think mm-hmm. he gets. Pigeonhole, and it's, look, it's a great spot to me. He's iconic, but right. he was just a great manager. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to show some love 
to Lord Lambo99, who resubscribed. They've been subscribed now for two months. He says, uh, grinning and winning. We appreciate you, brother. Thank you very much. We hope you're enjoying the show. We hope you enjoy all the shows here on Twitch. Um, thank you. Oh, hell. All right. Let's look elsewhere here on this very show. There's a lot going on on this show. Ahmed Johnson becomes the IOC champion, defeats Goldust. Before you get into this, Oracle, I want to tell you something about Ahmed Johnson. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Ahmed was actually, according to a source of mine, so I'm very close to the show, he's actually Kurt Angle before Kurt Angle. So it makes sense he would claim gold here on King well, of the Ring. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Every time. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> the best part of the, the match was actually not bad. The match was, you know, decent. It was maybe a little long, but it was actually not a bad match. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin held together. Ahmed hit his spots big. Um, the highlight is when Ahmed explodes to the King of the Ring set. By the way, WWF sets were incredible at this time. So good, bro. The so good. So awesome. Like the balance between looking awesome but not being too much. Like mm-hmm. it's so good. It's never been recreated well, honestly. And they and they did that through really through most through like 0405. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it just everything looks the same and it's so fucking annoying. Um yeah. see that's that's the thing that bothers me because like as much as the Sturgis show sucked, WCW would do shows at a fucking biker rally. And it looked yeah. cool, right? Like, yep. and they would do Disney taping shows, and they would go to Club La Vila, and 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 you know, it's one of the things about AEW has been interesting. Is like they embrace their setting, but they let mm-hmm. buildings look differently. But they completely fail to like make sets and stuff that look different. You know, it just like, they never do I don't know, that. man. That's what made wrestling. That's what made wrestling fun in the late nineties, early two thousands, or shit like that. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Well, that that wasn't the only thing, but you know that was part was, of the that was part of the whole picture. It's it was nice, an important yeah. part. It was a very important part. Absolutely, I agree. No, for sure. Um, but the match was okay. You said. Very oh good. yeah, yeah, it was fine. Good stuff. Ahmed got um, the big win. Um, he was going on a big push too, and yeah, the kidney injury was devastating. We'll 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 touch on that when we get to yeah. August, but and a scary injury at that. Oh, certainly. But, Absolutely. Yeah, it's a shame. In all seriousness, we have, I have the fun with the Kurt bit that famously Bobby said, but oh, it was a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in Gotham, this show also featured the old warrior. He's wrestling Jerry Lawler. Let's talk about Jerry's role here in the promotion as kind of the veteran heel, and then we'll get more specific in terms of um, uh, this business with, with Warrior. Lawler's entrance is all-time great, like horseshit. Cause if you, I don't know if you remember this. He comes out and literally cuts a promo on everybody in the front row. Oh, yes. And it's incredible. Oh, he's great here, man. Like, he is what he is. Like, he is. Of course, he says multiple things that are just yeah. horrifying, but it's just, it's just his delivery is so good. Well, you know that was a stick he used to do in Memphis in the 80s, right, when he was a heel? I mean, he's – look, Lawler is Lawler. He used to just come out and insult the fans. But he's fucking he's great at pro wrestling, right? It is what it is. We can't yeah. pretend he wasn't great at pro wrestling. It's just, um, you know. But you know, it was it was a great setup for him to get squashed, which is what happened. And you know, um, <laughs> then Warrior, uh, we'll get to it. But he doesn't; he gets kicked out basically because he no shows. <laughs> is that this month or is that next month? It's technically in June, but I think the tapings aren't for until July. 
Okay, should we save yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, we save that. But what's the real one soon? The video is like post. He has to has to post bail for his shows that he missed. <laughs> that popped me huge. That fucking rules. All right, well, so I look forward to there, folks. Um, let's talk Vader ramping up this push. You mentioned it earlier. Obviously, we know that SummerSlam is is looming. That's going to be a big spot for for Vader in a range of ways. Um, How's Vader coming along in the in the WWF? He's kind of been in the background some, but they're really I think you could tell with him and beating up Jake, King of the Ring, they're really starting to kind of yeah. try to ele- you know elevate him back up. Um of course he's excuse me, he's got the he ends up getting the big summer program with Sean. So which Sean, you know, handles very well like a mature adult. But, oh yeah, because only we want from your top guy. Um, match is good. It's just you it know. is. It's an excellent match. In yeah. fact, looking at the SummerSlam card, that looks like a great show. I don't know yeah. if your memories on that, but like that show I'm, looks like the fucking rules. I only remember the main event, so I don't. Know. Well, Boiler Room Brawl's in there. Like, I, well, I mean, is I remember that as being that year. Like, you could right. have told me Boiler Room Brawl was right. '97. I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I'm sure if I look here, I've seen a lot. Right. Of it. Um, yeah, the SummerSlam. All right. It's all sunny. Her and the body donors are having some some drama here. Um, what's up on that front? Well, they're having us. Uh, they're having some drama. I don't believe Cloudy comes in till July, but I can't remember. Um, which is yeah, just another big tease for the next show, huh? An awful, awful. Yeah, it's about um, it gets in in, in in every way. We can we can hold off on that for later. Probably for the best. Um, yeah, there's been enough bad stuff yeah. on this one. We can... Yeah. So, but, yeah Sonny, she's basically feuding with the body Donnas. She's with the smoking guns. Who she's with. I forget how long she's with the smoking guns. She's yeah. with them for like almost six months. Um, you know, smoking guns are tagged. Six months? Yeah, she's with them for like four or five. It was like four. It was it might have probably more four or five months, but still, it was close. It was close to six months. Damn. Well, yeah, you're right. People do forget because I'd forgotten. That's pretty wild. I don't even think of it yeah. that way. She was there for like the whole summer and into the fall. Um, My God. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, elsewhere, a couple big news bulletins here. We have Pillman. We just mentioned him leaving ECW. He signed the WWF. Um, immediately, there's some, you know, laying of kind of foundations for things that would soon become very important. Uh, talk us through Pillman's early days here. Because this stuff is, this is something, man. The way he's introduced is kind of fucking yeah, wild, he just right? shows up like. Yeah. Doesn't he like look at Austin or whatever when he comes out King mm-hmm. of ninety six? Yeah. And, like he I'm comes sure. out and like cuts a promo in their Milwaukee. And they're just a few years removed from very famous serial killer, Jeffrey Dahmer. Um and I really Pillman, <laughs> Pillman I now has, know where you're going. Go carry on. Pillman Pillman has a line of what does he say? Oh god, it's a great line. It's yeah, something about like um, it's a shame Jeffrey Dahmer didn't eat this entire town or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some some line. Very Pillman. Very, very Pillman. Uh, yes, very very Pillman esque. Um, he says a couple other controversial things. Um, shows up the next night on Raw, like wanting his paycheck for Vince. He like confronts Vince. In the middle of the show, 
He's like, "Where's my paycheck, McMahon?" You know, <laughs> "Where's my paycheck?" I can't. You know, I can't do his. No one can all, do all the right? from that Yeah, no one can do. Um, but remember this. Remember the press conference. Yes, it great. is. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's tremendous. Good, thank you for bringing that up. That's a great little segment. Like he's like legitimately like crying and stuff and emotional mm-hmm. and like you and you and you pan out and it's like JJ Dillon, D'Lo Brown. Like, it fucking rules. Yeah. Yeah, because it's. I always forget JJ was like a top executive in WWE. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, for for a while in the mid '90s until he went mm-hmm. over to WCW. Head of talent relations, right? I think. I was oh, that might be right. Yeah. I think because I think JR takes it from him. Mm-hmm. I think, or well, maybe there's a middleman, but. And then JR JJ eventually. becomes like the on-screen WCW authority figure, which pops yeah. me huge. Yeah. He's great yeah. in that role. I love JJ, man. I love JJ. <laughs> He's looked the same for. You know, fifty-seven years or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, he fucking rules. When he was on Dynamite, God do you remember when he came on Dynamite and Tully said something to him, and JJ gave him like this death stare, and it was incredible. Is he on talking ruled? Yeah, absolutely. What Tully said, but mm-hmm. the thing I always remember that was so unique. Then he went to court with Kevin Sullivan with Steve Harvey presiding. Well, that was all, but <laughs> that was so uniquely profound. Do you remember that they did the Tully match? JJ was with. Uh-huh. And then the news broke about about Crockett. Do you remember that? That was that same night, and it was like, uh-huh. holy shit! What a, it's, stuff like that is just amazing to me. The way that worked yeah. out, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, but you're right. JJ's the man. He always looked the same. Um, okay. Pillman is in. Let's talk about Mr. Perfect here before we wrap up. He is teasing a comeback. Um, in hindsight, I'm, I, I I wonder whether Rob he didn't, but you know, he's we know where he's going to end up. You know what? Um, I think he's actually pretty good in 99 in West Texas, in, uh, West Texas Rednecks. Even as a worker, I think here's he's good. Would, here's what I would ask you, though. He's terrible in 96 or 97, 98. Is that 99, 99 run worth the other stuff? Because I feel like I'd, I'd remember him more fondly or enjoy him more without that stuff. I don't know, man. He's, he Dude, kind of I love the West Texas Rednecks. Fair. Okay. Like, I legitimately like all those like groups and stuff. That they like threw against the wall in summer '99, mm. West Texas Rednecks and uh, Jersey Triad specifically. I fucking love, dude. Rap That's is crap cool. is a fucking. I don't give a fuck. That dude, the rap country feud fucking rules. That's fair. I just that, that feud. Like, it bums me out, feud. dude. Watching him work at times. I know. This time. I I know. When you go beyond this and like, I don't know if you've ever seen that match he had with Jarrett at TNA's early days. Fuck, man. He's like sad. Like he yeah. just. I actually think he's pretty decent in, in early 02 in WWF. Well, it seems like he was just happy to be back in that set and he was mm-hmm. kind of motivated, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, look, he's one of the great fucking, like, you know, everyone loves Perfect. I just, I think sometimes people kind of pretend that the WCW run was something there wasn't. Like, he struggled for a lot of that run. I, just, I don't feel I'm talking our turn to say that, right? Like, he was not the dude that we remembered in WCW. Unfortunately, I wish he was. It would have been great if he was, but I don't know. Um, anyways, teasing the combat took us through this. Yeah, so basically, like he, he, like Cornette picks him as the ref or whatever for Sean and Davey. and then like it ends up being like he ends up having to be like the outside enforcer or something. Yeah, and he basically, if I'm not mistaken, he like kind of turns baby, doesn't he? And like doesn't. What does he see? This is where I always get confused. Eventually, he goes <laughs> and turns up a Triple H right before he leaves. Yeah, that's not gonna fall. What is, is it WrestleMania 10 where he does the deal with Luger? Where he's mm-hmm. the ref? 
Or that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's ninety. So that's yeah. two years prior. Mm-hmm. Does that go anywhere? Am I misremembering this? Because I'm not trying no, to figure out time. Really go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I think because like yeah, Hennig's back was fucked, but like yeah. he kept. I you could tell he kept wanting to come back, but he just couldn't. Yeah. You know. Shame, man. I mean, I wish it wasn't you know, a commitment either on his end or, or Vince's end or both ends. Or wasn't whatever, he but, a Lloyd's London guy too? You know what? I bet I, he very much was. Probably, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, you just collect that check, right? Like, yeah, I, I remember Eric talking about there was a reason they could sign him at the end. I, I forget where it was. There was some out that he had that like the other guys didn't necessarily. Um, I just remember like when I on the old WWE twenty four seven years yes. ago. 13, 14, 15 years ago, I remember watching like the Nitros. They'd put them up. Remember that? Because, you know, they had the Monday Night Wars you could watch right. them together. And they had like the, they had the interludes where they talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the Nitro. They're, I remember just watching like the June. Ugh. They had so many stuff that wasn't edited back then, too. Because, like, it's the same one, like the Nitro after Bash, uh, Great American Bash, where, where NWO comes out to Voodoo Child, which is like one of the greatest moments in the history of wrestling. Factual. They're with Rodman because the Bulls had just won the NBA title again. That's peak progress. And remember, it starts with them coming out of the limo and it follows them all the way to the arena. Wrestling's never been better. Yeah. Because it's the first time he comes out. It's fucking incredible. Honestly, when we cover that month, I'm going to have to find that. That clip has to be somewhere on YouTube or or Daily Motion. It is. I watched it pretty recently. We did a grin segment about it. Remember we talked about it? We got fired up about it. Yeah. Um, Like, I'm going to have to find that. Like, and I just remembered, God, I hope to have the rapper's crap video. And, and that's definitely and, online. That's the people post that to Reddit and stuff. I'm pretty sure. So, um, I, 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 bet, I, you know what? That's probably still on Peacock too, to be fair. I think so. Um, but yeah, like I remember watching it and like they're building up to who DDP's partner was going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ended up being Hennig. Oh. And like he comes out and like they do like the famous for like jeans, like, ladies and gentlemen, Kurt Hennig is here. I just like every like that's the one they did a lot of crazy stuff during that period because I know I'm jumping ahead, but I remember like there was one nitro and they were like Raven jumped the barricade and like mm-hmm. was all in the ring and Sting was in the ring and like GDP was out there and Henning too, I think, and Raven jumps the barricade. Yeah. Okay, it, I've, I've, I've got to say this. You know Raven pitched a, pitched a few with Hogan. He had to have, right? Oh, multiple times over, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> Hogan was probably like, no way. He'd have done it like his anger would have been that Hogan set like an unrealistic um, body to, to, to like, you know, strive for. For young teenagers out there that were more like him, you know, the outcasts and the... In the uh, in the lunchroom, you know, God forbid they take those substances. You take Hulk, and like everyone had gone, oh, you know. And Tony Schiavone would have said it wasn't on the format, or whatever, you know. <laughs> and he would have, he would have pitched this once, twice for it, and Hogan every time would be like, nah, not happening, not not a thing with him. There's no way you do that feud without Raven saying stuff that Hulk wouldn't have wanted to say. There's no yeah. way because Raven can do what he wants to do. Yeah, he's gonna cut him down in the promos, and Hulk, Hulk yeah. ain't fucking with that. So, yeah. Imagine the matches, by the way. Fuck. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it'd been brutal, man. Because it would have been the timeline would have meant that it was like Hollywood Hogan. 
I wonder if Hogan ever got mad at some of the things Flair said about him on promos. He probably got mad at any kind of slight in promos. I mean, dude's fucking yeah. nuts. Like you read the Nitro books, you will know when Luger, oh, yeah. is, you know when yeah. Luger breaks character in the Mall of America mm-hmm. and he goes, "You're taking food out of my kids' mouths." What the fuck is he talking about? He's out of his mind. Could you imagine like Hogan versus Necro Butcher? No, but I'd like to try. You know, sounds like it'd be a good time. God, that would be wild, wouldn't it? How would Necro take like the big boot? <laughs> Probably like a little spin, you know. Yeah. How would How would Hogan take Necro's <laughs> Necro's shoot punches two two seconds? He, into the he wouldn't. He would have laughed. He probably he just left the laugh. ring like Luger against Brody. He just got out. Fuck that! I ain't doing this shit. <laughs> that rules. Yeah. Good oh, shit. Man. All right. How was the month for WWF? Obviously, the only company that got any wins was WCW, but you know, ECW had a good month. Did WWF have a good month too? Uh, oh yeah, it was an excellent month. I thought I think it was, I think it's the best month of '96 so far. There you go. Good wrestling across the board, brother. All right. Well, as we wrap up, another edition of the Historical Oracle. Oracle. Any final thoughts, comments, plugs, promotions, anything of that nature? Oracle. The floor is yours. As we take her home here. Go ahead, pal. Um. Are we going to be having the Burt this week? We are indeed. The Burt is is rocking and rolling as uh, as usual, thankfully. I believe it's the only show tomorrow, but yeah, the Burt's rolling. Good. I'm glad. Um, Friday, mm-hmm. 11 o'clock Eastern after Rampage, actually 11.05 or 11.07 Eastern, depending <laughs> on when the Oracle of Wrestling gets on the podcast, uh, will be the flagship. Late night grand. Mm-hmm. Um, be you, myself, and confirmed shoot. I believe Bobby O'Neill will be uh, at piece of shit. Shameful. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't have anything in the docket that I can think of for next week. Maybe, you know, I'm sure we'll find something to do. Yeah, uh, I think we should. We'll, we'll maybe get creative. Maybe we'll do something a bit weird, you know. We had a lot of fun. I remember when we did um, that Beach Blast Grin along. We had a lot of fun. Right? Maybe we'll do yeah. something of that ilk. But you, know, you always see the or- the historical oracle, the oracle of wrestling in some form or fashion. You know, There's always stuff right. to be happening on the ground. Um, with that in mind, a couple of promotions on my part. So tomorrow, the Burt, 10 a.m. Eastern. I think Monty, that piece of shit from WrestlePurist, is going to mm-hmm. hop on and we're just going to talk about you know NXT or whatever. Um that's it for tomorrow. I'm going to go see Top Gun Maverick. I'm going to go in a restaurant and be a fat fuck. Leave me be. Do not talk about professional wrestling. This is not to your Oracle. You can talk to me, but like just generally, don't like at me, you know. Um, to anyone in power in professional wrestling, do not do anything tomorrow. Please let me just enjoy my afternoon. Um, we know how it goes when I go to the cinema. I want to be able to enjoy that. I want to come out and go to a restaurant without going on my phone and saying, oh my God, I have to go live via you know, my phone here on StreamYard. So that's tomorrow. Thursday, we have a few things going. We have the Burr, and we also have the long-awaited return of our friend Jay Shell. As um, we do a show, her and I together, where we put together our perfect wrestling promotion. Now, Oracle can tell you, he knows us well enough, our ideas of wrestling's perfection are very, very different, so we're going to be coexisting yeah. in that regard. So that's a special show on Thursday, probably around 5 Eastern, um, Friday, retire the rankings back at the same time, and then Friday night, the grin, as you said, as well as the uh, obviously. So, 
There you go. Uh, we will be uh, thinking of uh, people Christian Bale can play. Dude, have you seen the way they've kind of like strategically leaked stuff about them cutting all of these scenes? Very mad. Mm, art. Yeah. He's he's being, you know, respectful about it. Like, oh, well, there's kids. It's like, fuck the kids, man. You know? Fuck them. That's what I say. It's a shame. I, I thought just of somebody else he could play. I was thinking about who would play the characters in like the NWO angle. Christian Bale is Sting. And he does it method and just sits in like the rafters. Yeah, could you imagine him? Yes. Yeah, he installs rafters in his house and just sits out there for a year to prepare. But the thing is, you have to start from the beginning where he's like just in the pit and he's cutting like the Sting promo. Like, could you imagine him like studying like Sting's promo from like 9596? His accent would be like a whole discourse. People would be so, they'd feel so many ways about it, you know? <laughs> his different voices. Yeah. I'd be intrigued by him doing Razor. Scott Hall, I think it would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Because he could do both Scott's real voice and then like the TV voice, and he, I think he'd have fun with that, you know? Yeah. yeah we've got to find something wrestling for him. I'm t- it's, by the way, someone asked me if it's real. It's actually, you can look it up on Google or YouTube, whatever. It's a real, he actually really liked Fighting with My Family. Like someone asked him about films he liked, and he put it over and thought it was great. It may pop him the idea. I mean, I don't know if he's going to listen to us fucking idiots, but if someone reputable pitches a wrestling, we might, we might have something. I mean, could you imagine the content we could get out of that? Yeah. Him doing some weird artsy movie about some fucking indie wrestler. <laughs> it would rule. Uh, I, th- I wish that's what the fighter was actually about. Yeah. Yeah, so. He's so good in the fighter, dude. Is that his best performance, honestly? He's good, he's good in everything, man. He is, but in the fire, he's like, he's striking. Like, he's honestly ridiculous how good he is in that film. <clears throat> I mean, he's, he's, he's he so should have been Hustle, too. That picture of him in American Hustle, I was like, oh, you laughed when you posted yeah. it. He had, the, the American Hustle, that is like one of the best introductory scenes because he has the one where he's like putting the hair on, he's looking in the mirror, mm-hmm. and he keeps like mm-hmm. patting it, and it fucking rolls. Yeah, it's awesome. He looks uh, great in that, that Letterman with the eye or whatever, the Amsterdam. Yeah. He looks like he's going to be incredible in that. Well, he said that he's not going to do extreme stuff with his weight anymore because he said that people have told him he might die, which <laughs> fair. But he looks pretty damn skinny in that Amsterdam mm-hmm. flick, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. God bless. Christian well, you know, he, 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 he looks skinny as gore too. Maybe he's just kind of staying that. Well, that he said, I, I'm, now I feel like I'm... This is actual information I'm giving out on the show. I'm not used to doing this here. So basically what happened was Gore as a comic book character was very, like, brutish, you know? Mm-hmm. So he was actually very imposing. And they only he only had three days in between, I believe, Amsterdam and, mm-hmm. and four. So he was like, I can't look like what this... And he said, basically, I wouldn't be able to compete with Chris Hemsworth anyway in terms of physically. So let's just make it more about the supernatural element of the sword. And so that's why he's kind of the way he is. Yeah. It wasn't by design as much as it was by... Kind of default because he had to be right. for the other film, you know. So. Right. That was actual information for you, folks. I'm sure you're not used to that when when I'm talking on the late night grim platform, you know. Um, now that we've put over Christian Bale, folks. Oh yeah, we will wrap it up, right? Yeah. So anyway, um, tune in. We had, you know, we gotta we gotta praise the. What if on Friday, like we just do, like I just introduce it as those segments advertising. Like anyway, it's time for the top ten Christian Bale movies, and we just sort of oh, bro. Let Christian Bale play Fritz. Could you imagine? Oh my fucking god! 
the layers there are like <laughs> he would win the Oscar for that, bro. <laughs> Fritz is such a like tortured soul, you know. He would have like multiple like full-on Oscar scenes where he's like big. <laughs> because like God, I'm not trying to be mean, but there's so much just trauma that he would be experiencing as a character. Oh, I know. Wow. Hopefully they're ahead of us on this. They're making the film, man. Maybe it will happen. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go, folks. This is the kind of thing you can look forward to um, on latenightgrin.com. You know, it's a, it's a hell of a time over there. Sometimes you get some wrestling talk, but other times the whole third hour of the podcast and just be asking, what if he did this role? <laughs> At one point we cast him as Bray Wyatt. <laughs> And then we displaced him for Joaquin Phoenix. Um, <laughs> the last 45 minutes of that show were incredible. Absolutely. It was literally um, just me showing like, well, Mark Ruffalo can play Bo Dallas. There you <laughs> go. Anybody that, that came to my head. Hard. And it was so stupid and funny. Um, the Bret Hart Green Grapple will be SummerSlam week. I'm thinking we're going to do SummerSlam edition to make it more fun because Bret's greatest hits are so discussed. I love the Austin matches, but come on. We all know it. It's I think we're going to do SummerSlam. Alex has struck a deal with me. He said he will watch the Wembley Stadium match if he can get the doink Lawler double. And the Lawler part is fucking incredible, so I'm for it. Yep. So I think that's what we're going to do. So it'll be a part of our big SummerSlam week, which we're all very excited for. SummerSlam is one of my favorite, like, wrestling events ever. Like, it's like in concept, not in that it's always good. It's just the way it represents, I've always found it to be really fun, you know? Right. Oh, absolutely. Yep, we'll be doing that. Also, the Nexus tag. Um, no. Well, I mean, <laughs> ahead of ourselves, you know. You don't have to announce anything, you know. <laughs> right, we, should, we should probably wrap this show up, right? Anyway, yeah, I'll see yeah. you on the book. Uh, LateNightGrin.com is up just one dollar. If you haven't seen it, watch the play on the and you've a wonderful cameo from the great Oracle of Wrestling. And it is the penultimate episode of season one. So enjoy it while it's around. We're... Uh, you know, we're having a lot of fun here at the Grin, so we hope you are too. In the meantime, enjoy this outro. All out. What the fuck just happened? Did that did that freeze for you or just me? Uh, it was it was, it was odd. I don't know what happened. I hit it. It stayed on us, and then it started playing. Yeah. Right. Well, enjoy this outro, folks. Here we go.